1: Emotions like when you guys found out the news about Jake Ensel and, and the type period that he may be out of
2: the line. That's obviously deflating, but you know, we had a quick turnaround in playing tonight and we couldn't w- really dwell on it. But, you know, we feel for him. He's such a keystone, of not only on the ice, but in our locker room as well. He's such a leader. And it, it was for sure deflating, but it also means good opportunities for other guys. And I thought a lot of guys stepped up.
0: Not what you want
3: to hear. You know, didn't look good when uh, when it happened. And we all understand that uh, it's a big void to fill, but we've been in situations before with, with guys out and uh, different guys have found ways to step up, and, you know, we'll have to do that again.
4: All right, going back to Labor Day, Friday at 2 o'clock for us has meant football nonstop all through the fall into the winter, into the start of 2024 with the Steelers in the playoffs, on to the Super Bowl and the Chiefs and 49ers last week, and now it's over. So we've got Hockey Talk to kick things off today. 412-928-9370. Let's get right to it. We've got two big hockey stories, and we want our audience to respond to both of these stories. The late-breaking news and we were getting off the air yesterday about Jake Gensel. There's a few more details on that. And also what's going to happen here on Sunday. So let's dive into both of those things with Malsey, looks very nice today in his Nike uh, hoodie. And Donnie Football, who's got another double dip today. He's going to host after us. Starting at 6 o'clock. So he's got a marathon day that I know he'll do a great job with. Uh, Let's do Gensel to start here. Four weeks. It sounds like it could be up to six weeks. It's past the NHL trade deadline. But the playoffs don't start until the middle of April. That point has been made. I saw that on NHL Network a couple times. Uh, Yoey went as far as to say in his write-up on this for The Athletic. That he thinks it is possible that Gensel has now played his last game. In a Penguins uniform. So. Let's get some fresh thoughts in on this. Chris, I know you said before the injury, when we were talking about to be or not to be, the Shakespearean debate with Gensel, do you keep him or trade him? You said keep him and ride him out. Do you still feel that way now that you know he's going to be out for an extended period of time?
5: Yes, I do. I just think that you should try with this team, come hell or high water, to win this year because nothing is promised next year, and it could get worse, a lot worse for this team before it ever gets better. So this might be my last best chance. I ride out the injury. I pray that my team is able to uh, withstand it, deliver more performances like they did last night, although they won't be playing the worst team in hockey like they were last night, uh, and hope that he comes back and gives you a jolt in your lineup and try to see what happens from there. I just am not one of these people that thinks that trading Jake Gensel somehow makes the difference between eventually this being a complete crater situation for the franchise and then them just retooling on the fly and being good. I think people are trying to live in a fantasy world, actually, if they think trading Jake Gensel is like the the big decision that has to be made that will determine the Penguins' future. Got news for you. When the core truly ages out and all stops playing well, there isn't anything that's going to save it. Save them somehow having rights to the first pick in the draft by hook or crook and another generational talent coming out.
4: So can I just give you a quick hypothetical on that? So let's say they play mediocre hockey between now and the beginning of March, a couple days before the trade deadline. They play the next 10 or so games and they get like, I don't know, eight points or nine points in those games, and they've squandered a lot of their games in hands and there's games in hand, and they're still like eight or nine points or ten points out of a playoff spot. You would still hold on to him in and that, that situation and that, ver- and that hypothetical, which, which I have to admit possible. is
5: possible. No, I wouldn't because the future would be now, and then I would say, well, you are done this year, and you suck already, and get used to it. Here we go. To start trading off assets.
4: So you're saying in this very moment, at this very second, with where they are five it's on points the behind edge. Detroit, you would not trade them. I to would keep not. Them.
5: No, you've got to try. You've still got the games in hand. You haven't squandered all of them yet. You've got to try. But you'll know before the trade deadline whether you suck completely or you have somehow, as they have in the past, weathered the storm. The problem being, of course, when they've weathered storms of injuries in the past, it's been when they've been a high-scoring team that has suddenly started to revert to a buttoned-up style and played more team hockey, they're already doing that on defense this year. They need dudes who can score goals. That is why I even concede it is unlikely that they somehow go on like an 8-2 and two run over these next 10 games.
4: Donnie, if you got a good offer today, a team said, we don't care, we're a lot to make the playoffs, we just need them back for April, May, and June, fingers crossed. We trust the medical reports. We'll make the trade. Are you making that deal right now?
3: Uh, what would the what would offer be you
4: consider it's a good trade you get like a late it's going to be a le, it's going to be a late first round pick and a guy in his early 20s who you think has a
3: chance to be not a great Top, but a good nhl player a
4: middle six player if it's a forward
3: I, I actually think they should field some offers uh at this point even though i i do would you pull the trigger on that type of trade that chris just today if it came your way first round and desk. a legit player
5: yeah, like a middle, a tw- an early 20s, middle six forward. Like a guy who's probably not a top-line forward. But might he's turn be- into it, but there's might, a chance he doesn't. He's probably a second-line player, maybe a third-line player, worst-case scenario. He's a good third-liner, good second-liner, maybe a first-line guy. Yeah, I
3: think I'd do that. Okay. And why? Well, I mean, you, you don't know. You, you have to really be honest with yourself as an organization. Like, where could they truly be as you get closer to the trade deadline? Like Chris said, if they do end up – Finding some way to win a lot of games here in his absence, that absolutely changes things because then you think, Well, now we're in the thick of it, we get one of our most productive players back. Yeah. And here we go. I, I, I'm
4: just asking where you feel right now after the news last night and like at this moment, would would your preference be to keep or trade this second? I I would probably be more on the side of trading yep. right now. So would I.
5: I'll but you were the guy who said they were going to win the cup, so you have really jumped yet again way off the bandwagon from Kenny as Joe Montana yep. <laughs> to give me Justin Fields to Penguins will win <laughs> the Stanley Cup to trade
4: him, trade this man. Well, with new information, opinions change, and my initial my initial opinion sucked, and I think this one, based on what I have in front of me, is much better. I here's what I would try to do. I don't. It doesn't seem to me like they're getting anything done contractually with Gensel now. I just have seen no reporting or nothing that tells me that whatever is detant is like a what's that word mean? That means like there's a frost is that is detant good negotiations or bad? No, no, no. Detente
5: is like what the US and Soviet Union I had know to, that. to end the Cold War. Detente is a good so thing. So we want detente. No, we want Well Do no, we want detente, detente? Detente says we're just standing down on both sides. I think what you have is a deadlock here. Okay. Or you they're have at loggerheads. They're at log Yes, they're very much at loggerheads. You were looking initially for a peace treaty. But right now, you're going to have to settle for detente. Both sides retreat to their corners. It sounded
4: like Dubas framed it as if the NHL trade deadline, the break, the long stretch that they had without games, would be a constructive time to negotiate with Gensel. I get no sense from the people who cover the team or cover the league that that happened. So I don't think they're getting a hometown discount. I don't think they're getting him to put his name on the dotted line now. The player knows that it's his last big deal. So my thing would be, if he's going into free agency regardless... And at this moment, I think they're screwed. I think the season is effed. I don't think with him being out for as long as he is, I think that that's going to be the difference between them making and missing the playoffs. Having to play without him last night, notwithstanding, because they beat, as you pointed out, one of the worst teams in the NHL. That really did not imbue me with confidence or hope. I would trade him. I would abs- I would At this very second, I would trade him. And then you get back to you're in the mix with him in the summer to give him an extension.
5: But I don't think he wants to, I don't think he wants to come back here. Cause I don't, I think he understands that they realistically, unless they shed a bunch of cap right off the bat this summer, that they are going to pay big money for him. I know Sid likes to play with him on the wing. Cause he's one of the few guys that can think the game the way Crosby does. But sometimes you have to make, Sacrifices, and I think him getting offered what? What do people say he's probably worth on the open market? Like
4: nine million a year. something we We're
5: saying on TNT. I, I had heard eight and a half. Wednesday I night. figured nine probably because usually in hockey you get overpays. So is Sid liking the guy worth three million bucks a year, over like a six-year deal probably? So what do people think? Like nine and fifty-four. Nine. And I'm 60, sorry. Not, well, I can't do math here. Nine and here. seven. Sixty-three. Yeah. Nine. Sixty-three. Yes. Nine and seven. Can you really do sixty-three? I don't think, think they can. I think
4: they can if they get creative again like So they wait, did last are we going to have season? another
5: ultra-top-heavy team if you do that then? Probably. And how has that worked for them, building it's two not, big scoring lines and then the two lines
4: that are supposed to do other crap? It's not working. But I have a hard time fathoming them being better without their second most reliable forward. I'm holding on to the hope that at
5: least in these next several games, while he's out, roles change on that team. Ricard Raquel was up on the top line. He looked a little bit better. I'm hoping that guys who haven't yet
4: stepped up Actually, do so. So I, I'm, I'm putting it through this filter. Do I think the Penguins will make the playoffs? No. Do I think Gensel was, will sign an extension and avoid free agency? No. So, because those are my answers, I trade them. 4129289370 to get your opinion registered on it. Okay, let's do the other big one. You guys came in today and said, We got to talk about the, the Yager retirement. I agree. That's going to happen Sunday night. Chris, you lived through the Yager years here, the good, the bad, the ugly. Before you had cable television, you used to just listen to their games. You were such a diehard fan. So how do you feel about Sunday night? A long overdue situation.
5: One that I wish had happened earlier, but one that I still am glad is going to happen while everybody involved is young and healthy and in Yager's case still playing for the team he owns in the Czech Republic. Uh, I just... I think until pretty recently, until the Penguins actually went back to back, he was the second greatest player in franchise history. I still had him above Sid. I thought he was that great. He's one of the most physically dominant players I've ever seen. The guy did – hockey's not supposed to be, and it really isn't, a one-man band sport. That's why Connor McDavid, despite being the best player in the world, and Leon Draisaitl being not too far behind, still haven't won anything yet. It's not supposed to be one guy drags an entire team through the playoffs. Yager basically dragged the entire franchise kicking and screaming at times into deeper playoff runs than they deserved. Uh, he is just one of the, I think, easiest to like athletes. The dying alive thing was always misconstrued and how miscontextualized. about,
4: the, about the flirting with the Penguins to sign with the Flyers thing? I've,
5: I mean, Rossi's story today talks about how that was never uh, the whole league minimum thing that got floated out there that he would play for Mario's team for league minimum was never real. It sounds like his agent wasn't exactly doing the process any favors. I remember the guys, I knew the guys from the Penns blog who were uh, kind of stoking Yager watch there. I but don't hold any of like, it against well, them.
4: But it seemed like Mario took that very personally. I don't think he did. was
5: I think that's conjecture more than anything. Really? Again, Rossi wrote a story today, and he's going to be on with Donnie later tonight, and I think everybody should listen to that, that suggests that the idea that Mario took this all personally and was deeply aggrieved by it is not true. That it's an outside perception. I, just, I think the guy is the third greatest player in franchise history, and normally you'd say, wow, that's cool, but Worth getting this worked up over? Yeah, it is. When the other two guys, who are the two greatest in franchise history, are numbers what one through five, depending on how you want to look at it in NHL history. This guy is a literal top ten to twelve player all time. Long overdue. I'm happy his jersey's going to go Don, up there. Do where you have it a belongs. soft
4: spot for Yager, or not really? Because it's before your time. Do you really have no opinion on it, or you still get up for something like this? I mean,
3: I I missed him in his heyday, but I was able to like, know the, the history of the player. I mean, he five times he led the league in points when he played for the Penguins four consecutive years. Dead puck at two when and scoring and was the, horrible. And into the uh, turn of the millennium. Yeah, I mean, even though he is the third best player in franchise history, like Chris said, you have to consider who you're ranking him up against. I think he's an absolute rock star for the sport of hockey. The dude is still playing in his early 50s in the Czech Republic. I I would compare the guy to hockey like Ric Flair to wrestling, like one of the most decorated players ever. He's playing well, well beyond his prime. And if you ask some European supermodels, I think you know which direction I'm going there. The guy is a rock star <laughs> to the game. <laughs> we tried to say he's got a. He's packing. Is that what you're trying to talk
4: about? No, no, he's I, still I'm getting after getting it after with, after with it. models. Oh, okay. He still got his. Don't, game.
5: Didn't you hear about the story about like the? Uh, she's like a 20 year old model, and she's she said like they slept together, I guess. And she said, oh, "I'm going to put this out there. It's going to make you look really yeah, bad or he something." Said, and do he, it. he literally just said, "Okay, go ahead." She did, and then everyone was like, "Wow, Yarmer Yager's in his late 40s, and good for him." So he's just he's living that
4: status right now. Seems to be packing. I have no idea, Pony. Well, I thought that's what the picture putting it out there meant. No, no I think no. It was she j- didn't
3: put the picture of that no. out there. It was oh. like
4: the picture <laughs> of them laying there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must have missed all that. Good for him. Uh, so I don't. I never had any ill will towards the guy because I wasn't here when he made the dying alive quote. I will confess, I got hoodwinked by the flyers thing, and that really did burn me that he didn't come here and end up playing for the arch rival. Now, Rossi, you're saying, has like an alternative history of that, which helps smooth things over. I did think it was rough, and I never did this when I went to games as a fan, when he would come back with Florida or Boston or when he was a mercenary and he was going team to team. I never thought it was cool that he got booed every time he touched the puck here. I never liked that.
5: Yeah, I thought and it was that a happened bad look a lot. for Penguins fans. And I never really, like, I get it. Because they put him against Mario. He wasn't Mario. You don't think if Evgeny Malkin got had like a weird split from town here and had gone
4: somewhere else, that like there might have been some booze? I don't. I don't know. I mean, Talbot played for the Flyers, Orpik played for the Capitals. I mean, arch rival teams. I don't remember them getting. He got. He got mistreated. He
5: got mistreated too. The dying alive, like I said, was misconstrued. It was a very quotable phrase. The team was in financial distress. Like I, you know what really happened. He was still their best player. Then Lemieux comes back and looks like he hasn't missed three years, or if anything, it's energized him. And I do think that that kind of chafed Yager a little bit. Like he loved Mario, but here comes '66 back, and all anyone wants to talk about is that. While well, he's busy winning another Art Ross.
4: All right, so we're giving you hockey talk to start. Jake Gensel, now that he's hurt, what should the Penguins do with him? Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Are you more on the side of trading him? Now that he's out, Josh Yoey said it's possible he's played his last game with the Penguins. Are you more convinced that that's the right move? 412-928-9370. And how you feel about Sunday's Yager retirement? 412-928-9370. Would love to hear Penguins fans, young and old, chime in on that. So we'll start here. We'll do most of the first hour on it. Looking forward to it on this uh, football list Friday. 412-928-9370. That's the Edgar Snyder Associates fan text line. Here's the Donnie headline. Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Gave you two Penguins topics to chew on here. Gensel's injury, how that makes you feel about trading him. Does that make you more inclined to deal him? Maybe you were on the fence before. Well, how do you feel about it now? Their playoff prospects you would think would go down without him, although they are 1-0 with two points playing... Uh, Without Gensel, last night in uh, Chicago, two more goals for City's up to 30 on the year. Good for him. And then how you feel about the Yager retirement. That's going to be a big, big deal Sunday. They're telling fans to get in their seats two hours before the game if they want to see everything. I know they've got a nice event, nice private event going on at the Rivers involving him that I was invited to that I had to uh, decline. Well, congratulations on all your success. Well, I think it's during the show.
5: Today? Yeah. No, I'm more saying, like, congratulations, I was not invited to this event. I think tangentially you were. No, no, I think – No, it was tangential. I think tangential, by the way. I think emphatically I wasn't here. Donnie, I also think, uncoincidentally, uh, Pony mentioning this, knowing I
3: wasn't invited,
5: there's no tangents, cosigns, or anything. Donnie, were you invited?
3: Hmm, let me think here. I'm sure those invitations got lost
4: in the mail. I'm sure. That's an oversight because the person that reached out to me about going Mm. loves both of you guys. Oh, I'm sure they do. Probably couldn't pick us out of a police lineup. Not the same person who responded to Donnie's question on Twitter. Of I thought this was funny. Where's the the weirdest place they could hold the NFL draft if it came to Pittsburgh? Mm -hmm. And I see one of my friends responded with Club Erotica. Yeah, that would be weird. (laughs) That would be
5: weird. Is that play still open? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100% is still open. Yager is, by the way, the third best player in Penguins history. Why can- are
4: you getting crap from people about that? No,
5: I tweeted out he's the third best player in Penguins history. What is he all-time in the NHL? Can you even name 10 guys better than him?
4: I'm not so sure you can. <sighs> okay, so here's, here's the rub here with what you're saying about – Yager, he played for so many teams and played for so long. The points per game went down because he, at no, the end, was like
5: just loved I, to play hockey.
4: I was just gonna say, would you put Yager's 11 years ahead of Gino's entire career with the Penguins? Yes, I would. Because not by
5: not by a ton, because you know I'm a big Malkin stan. But Yager in the dead puck era won four straight Art Rosses and just was the singular driving force on that for that whole franchise. Yes, I
4: would put him at yeah, well. Of Geno. One guy's got three cups, and the other guy's got. I'm not two. doing.
5: I'm not doing uh, cup math here. No, I'm doing. If you asked me to start a team, all time, and I can draft anybody that played for the Penguins, I'm going Lemieux first, Sid second, and Yager third. And the only, and honestly, like if I'm trying to draft a real team, coffee is probably working. Well, his yeah, way I, in there somewhere. I guess that's true. You know what I mean? But but for me, Yager's the third best player on the team in franchise history, and I'm not sure I can name. Nine or 10 NHL players who are definitively better than him. Here
4: is Chris in Greensburg. Hello, Chris. Hey, how you guys doing today? Yeah, man, you're good. We're good. I, I got a couple of uh, Yager stories uh, from back in the day. Uh, they did a TV interview. Can't do it, Chris. I'd love uh, to hear them, but your phone and the whatever's going on and, that, and being on speaker phone, <sighs> we just need better quality, but I appreciate you listening, and when you get a better connection, you can call again. Here's Jeremy on the fan. Hello, Jeremy. Hello. Hello, Jeremy. Um, Yes. Um, So with uh, Gensel being out for four weeks,
2: I really think uh, this gives us the opportunity to kind of wave the right flag on this season and become uh, traders at the deadline, kind of get ahead of the game. What assets do they have that that other
5: teams want to trade uh, for besides Gensel?
2: I think you could look at players like Nedeljkovic that okay. uh, has panned out well for us. That uh, okay. may have some value for a team to like New Jersey or Carolina. I agree. I agree with standards. him, like a
5: steady backup, Jeremy. But how much is that really getting you to like sort of kickstart any kind of a rebuild here? It's better than nothing, though.
2: I just I just think, you know, you never know. Raleigh Smith hasn't really panned out for us, but he was a big part of a cup winner for Vegas last year. Somebody might be interested in him. I just think it could give you an opportunity to kind of remake the roster for next season and kind of straddle that line between, you know, of course wave the white flag this year Jeremy, but maybe I don't- Jeremy, I don't disagree in
5: principle about like what you're saying that if if you're inclined to wave the white flag and try to rebuild, this would be probably the time you would do it. I know I'm not inclined to. I think the problem with trying to deal any guys like Smith, you are inherently dealing them at lowest value, and so other teams aren't going to come in there saying we are going to knock you over with an offer for Riley Smith. We know he's been pretty bad here. You know, Ricard Raquel, they're not going to say, "Hey, Ricard Raquel, well, we'll, here's a king's ransom." They're going to say, "This guy." you know we're giving you minimal return that's all
4: well those guys aren't rentals either so they'd have to they they'd have to be You're a eating conversation a lot with of contract, the contract for next yes. year too i mean that's just going to be really hard i just
5: think it's going to be low value returns cuz
4: he's just talking about guys who have underperformed so far this year but you've got you've got a huge trade chip i mean even if even with gensel being out for as long as he is i still think he he is the most coveted asset at the trade deadline because guys that are capable of scoring 40 goals who can play on a top line and play on a number one power play, it's very rare that those guys are available at NHL trade deadlines. There might be one big fish like that a year,
5: tops. I I know, I'm not really disputing that point. I think the difference we have on this subject is strictly philosophical. Like, I am very much a Penguins nihilist in 2024 and 25 season and beyond. I don't want to know what's over the horizon for this team. Time
4: to live in the moment, Chalooch. Coming up next, it is another edition of PM Team Named That Tune. And it is a special Yamir Yager edition. If you've been a longtime Penguins fan, if you can recite the names and remember the games from their cup runs in the 90s, well then if you call in right now, if you can identify the soundbite, the person who is speaking about Yamir Yager, if you get that right, you are going to win two tickets to see Tim McGraw at the arena in April on us. 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Pens fans, you want to jump on this right now, follow us on Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. But first, to Donnie headline.
5: Your mic was on that whole time. No it wasn't. Way. Well, it wasn't. It was on, but you were pressing the button. It was very funny. Name that tune music, folks. Should it be Steelers only? What, what? if we just got the uh, dun 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 dun. Can we even use that? Oh, we can
4: uh if you want to use maybe the Brass the, Bonanza by the Heart. or the Penguin's theme song. That's what I meant. That's, dun, dun 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 dun. Yeah, dun, we can
5: dun, use that. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, we probably
4: should have thought about this in advance.
5: Oh no! This is a well-planned show, though.
4: We're brought to you by Senderovich, Senderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40 when you can pay 25? Call 888-98-TWINS. So Donnie will get that loaded up here. We're about to play PM Team Name That Tune for tickets to see... There it is. For tickets to see uh, Tim McGraw, one of the biggest country acts of all time in April. That'd be a nice... You screwed up Valentine's Day. You didn't get a good enough gift. Here you go, honey. I was listening to my guys in the afternoons. They said you'd love some Tim McGraw tickets. I recognize the voice in the clip. And I want tickets to see Tim McGraw for nothing. All right. Now, you have you heard the, the audio yet? Have you looked ahead, Listen no, ahead? I've
5: once again deliberately tried to be as blind as I can be.
4: All right, I'll play it for you and everyone right now. He came here as an 18-year-old.
0: He, he grew and, uh, he learned the character part of the game from the guys we had in the early 90s, and he became a character player.
5: Do you think you know who that is? Not immediately, no. I mean, I can rule out
4: guys. You know, I know it's not Bob Airy. (laughs) Well, he might not be Bob Airy. True. Good point. Could have had laryngitis the day that he did the interview.
0: Play it again. He came here as an 18-year-old. He he grew. uh, He learned the character part of the game from the guys we had in the early 90s. And he became a character player.
5: Man, it's on. It's hearing it again that second time like i feel like i can i can sense the correct answer trying to wedge its way to the front of my brain and being blocked almost i've got a couple names that have floated through my
4: head but i just none of them i feel great about now what if i made the name that tune voice this instead would you get this one
6: back then we could only listen to check music so all of a sudden i had a chance to Listen, the heavy metal, you know, Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, you know, the, the Metallica. The, so they all have a long hair. So I thought you know, that's that's pretty cool. I want to be like them. So that's that's why I did it.
4: I mean, I think I know who that is. That's Yager. Yes, I'm aware. Heavy metal band John Bon Jovi, hair metal. Bon Jovi. How would... did they say Metallica in there? Metallica. I don't think of Bon Jovi as metal at all. He's hair metal. He's a hair band. Hairband and metal are two different things. hair metal,
5: like, there was, like, glam metal, then there was heavy metal. When I hear living
4: on a prayer, I don't think metal.
5: I think think there could be, like, a glam metal. It wasn't supposed to be heavy. And then you've got Jeff and South Park's favorites, like your Mastodons, your Metallicas, things of that nature. Your Slipknot's. Oh, very much metal. All right, here we go.
4: Okay. Let's see if our listeners can get this. Not the second clip. I'll play the first one one more time for you. He came here as an 18-year-old. He,
0: he grew. And, uh, he learned the character part of the game from the guys we had in the early 90s. And he became a character player. All
4: right, I think I got it. If you it. can tell us who that is, you're going to win two tickets to see Tim McGraw. I got I got it. 4129289370. Let's start with Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how you doing, guys? Jeff, do you know who it is in that soundbite? That's Craig Patrick. Jeff, <laughs> how long you been a Penguins fan for?
6: Oh, good Lord. Uh, Pretty long I'm gonna time. Say
1: 50, I'm going to say 54
7: years because the first few years of my life, I didn't know what hockey was.
5: Fair enough. Good answer. Honest
4: answer. Jeff, do you have someone that you'd like to take to the Tim McGraw concert?
7: Yeah, as a matter of
4: fact. Who is that? Paul
7: Zeiss? <laughs> <laughs> I don't If I I were going to the garden or something, I'd definitely take Zeiss along with me just for safety reasons, but nah, there's a couple other people I'm going to choose from.
4: Well, Jeff, guess what? You better make that decision soon, because you're going to see Tim McGraw. That was Penguins' former coach and general manager, Craig Patrick, one for one. Donnie, get his information. Second name I wrote
5: down. It was. It's there. Who's the first? For some reason, my brain went to Ken Reggett at first, and I was like, there's no way that Ken Reggett would be just, like, random. That's And then I I heard it the third time, and it finally clicked. I was, like, guy giving an authoritative take, and then Craig Patrick's name just Let's did go. come into my brain.
4: This is a Penguin show. Oh. Our listeners step right up, leadoff hitter. Boom! Pop that out of the park. Craig Patrick. All right. Do you feel like you didn't do a good enough job on this one? No, I'm, Are you impressed I'm more impressed with Jeff. Okay. Not disappointed in yourself, impressed with Jeff. More happy for you than disappointed in myself, yeah. Really good. And in Jeff's a perfect age. Jeff, old enough, probably remember Miracle so. on Ice, yeah. Man,
5: you want to talk about Jeff? He's probably, when he's thinking about Double J, not that he's going to a Double J game, but like he's thinking about those Penguins. He's in his early 20s, man. He's probably like an early 20s filiponi
4: for those first couple of cup runs. So, I do have some more clips here. The first, th- these come from, I love the Spit and Chicklets guys. I think they do great interviews. I think that people get very comfortable and loose with them. Bissonette and Whitney, two ex Do they
5: give him some of the pink Whitney during the interviews? Like, is that part of the thing? Like, we'll get
4: you on here. It'll we'll get a little liquored up. Sid was as laid back and as willing to Guard just down. say whatever he wanted with them as I've ever seen him in a conversation before. It was impressive. I honestly think from an interview standpoint, that's one of the best interviews I've seen conducted with an athlete. The way that they just got him to Who do you think's the chill. star there, Whitney? Whitney just has that vibe about him. Whitney, very self-deprecating, which I appreciate. And Bissonette has infectious energy. Oh. That's why I think they're a great tag team. Biz also doesn't take himself very seriously, which is good. So they asked Yager about his work ethic in the things he did to turn himself into a great player at a young age.
6: I wasn't good right away. I started being good when I start doing the squats, you know, when I started doing the push-ups and all the all the extra stuff. And even, you know, I think it's normal for the ego, even the kids have an ego, you know, guys have an ego. All of a sudden, I was 7 years old when I started, I started uh, doing the thousand squats. and when I do it, you know, I become uh, in 6 months uh, I was the best in my class. You know, next six months, I was playing with year older. I was the best there. Other six months, it went right away. And I started like it. You know, nobody had to tell me, you know, all of a sudden I was better than everybody else. So I keep doing that. I did more. You know, when I have a break in school, I did 2000. So, that's right. <laughs> I love that because, you know, do you still, still do the time. squats every day? No, no, I, no, I would die if I do it right.
8: <laughs>
4: Seven years old, thousand squats a day. Just I don't think squats. I've done a thousand squats in my life. I know I haven't. And he just I'm did just, it the old school way, just did air squats. I'm just now squatting. I'm a beginner in the squat game. When I go to my personal trainer, we'll do some squats. These are the how first. Much, how much weight they thrown on that bar? Because he didn't have a bar. He just did, the story is, he always just did air squats. We do which are still we good. do. A, we do a variety of squats. Oh! Some are some. Um, you ever try a Bulgarian split squat? Just, I think we do basic Bulgarian. We don't do the oh, split. Oh, oh. I don't think, well, trick question. We do. There tri- is no
5: basic Bulgarian squat. There's well, only Bulgarian that, split you squats. You could take that up
4: with my personal trainer. I didn't know that
3: you were such an expert on Bulgaria's squat <laughs> training squat? methods. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Pony would be a fan.
5: Of Bulgarian split squats, nor do I. Because no. in my, in my whatever my I'm, prime I'm, was. I'm, I'm so no fan he was of that not, at
4: all. Has he, have you ever heard of a squatty potty, by the way? I have. That helps you get everything out. So we'll get I recommend like. recommend one for Harry Callis. We'll get the. Free weight, and I'll put it underneath my chin, and I'll hold it. Yeah, and, you're, and then, then I'm you'll going go. Right down that's and a squat. goblet.
5: That's a goblet squat. That's a goblet squat. It's A goblet squat. So we'll
4: do some of those. Oh yeah, I'm a big
5: goblet. And squat And then we'll fan. do
4: ones where you Get take under the, the bar, bar, yeah, and you lean back and you do the squat there too. That's called a back squat. That is the classic squat. Now there's other ones where like you can put the bar in front of you and go down there. That's a front. So squat. So there's one where there's like um, it's almost uh like a square. And then you can add weight to it because the, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the bar out. helps you. yes. The bar sticks yes. Out, and then you pick it off off the ground. Then you squat there too. That's more of a deadlift motion. Okay, so you don't. That's like that's a, a adjacent to that, a squat. Well,
5: the three Olympic core lifts, as Donnie can tell you, bench press for the upper body, the chest, the deadlift, which is the pulling motion,
4: and then the squat, which is more the pushing. Seven years old doing a thousand squats. Just imagine
5: this. I'll do what he was doing. He was just.
4: Like this, he'd go. See, so he went all the way down. That was good, even with your knee. One
5: thousand times he's doing
4: that. And he went from a crappy player to the best player. There's a lesson in there. I mean, he, you know what his calling card was besides just offensive
5: gifts and everything? Great ass. What? <laughs> now I can't think of anything but Pacino and Heat. She's got a great ass. Yeah. But he he was the hardest guy to get off the puck in in the league in his prime.
4: Uh, last call on some Penguins calls. The Gensel trade or no trade now that he's out what do you think some thoughts on yager jersey retirement night four one two we'll do it until three o'clock and we've got the pirates their win total on the rise now that they have convened in bradenton and one guy threw so hard he was breaking equipment there today
8: yeah i was just like yeah we should probably end this we should, <laughs> we should probably just stop on that <laughs> Do you have to buy him a new one now, or how's that work? I don't know what the <laughs> protocol is there. He gave me I him. already got it relaced. He gave me the lace today. So just parts and labor. You don't see it too often, but this may shock you guys, but Skeens throws hard. <laughs> so, you know, that that will happen. I, I would bet that's probably not the first glove that Skeens has broken. It probably won't be the last.
4: Thanks for finding us today, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge Ram, and Peter celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Early reports from Bradenton. Paul Skeen's throw so hard, he's breaking uh, gloves. He broke Quinn Priester's glove while just playing catch today. It was thrown in there so hard during long toss session, I guess. <laughs> and if you want to get clicks, if you want retweets and likes, if you're covering spring training, just put out video of Paul Skeen's throwing fastballs. Because that gets Pirates fans very, very aroused. and very, very excited about the prospect of watching him
5: in AAA s- for the start first two the season of, at Indy. I was just going to say, start the season at Indy before bringing the uh, hard-throwing
4: game to the big leagues. All right, Donnie's going to host from 6 to 10.35 tonight. We're excited about that. He's got a doubleheader. The Pirates' win total is on the rise. Let's have a conversation about the state of the team as they get to spring training. We'll take some calls on it, too. We haven't heard Pirates fans on our show in a very long time. Really, it's been months since we've had a conversation that's gotten your voice heard on it. 412-928-9370. Win total opened at 74.5. It's been bet up to 75.5. They won 76 last year, so the bar is set at last season. Will they match or exceed what they did last year. If you bet the over, that's what you're picking. If you bet the under, you're saying you think they'll be worse than last year's 76 and 86 season. Uh, before we get into how we feel about that, what we would pick, let me say it is disappointing to me that the odds makers think the Pirates are in park, that they're right where they finished last year. Because I was hoping, and we'll see if it plays out this way, but I was hoping that last year was like a springboard to competitiveness, to relevance. That if we're looking at the last time the Pirates got good, that this was 2023 was the 2012 season all over again. And they pushed late, unlike that team, which collapsed late, but they got close to 500 late in the year. And, okay, make some big moves the following offseason. Now you only have to be, what, the sixth best team in the National League to make the playoffs. What was Arizona's record last year? They won, I think, 84 games? Yeah. Okay, you go from 76 to 84. That's not a huge jumper leap. And then the
5: wild crapshoot that is the postseason means anything that can happen. Yeah,
4: we're seeing teams that barely get in. The Phillies two years ago, the Diamondbacks this season go on playoff run. So that honestly when the offseason started was not inconceivable for me. Uh, so that's why the fact that the people that set these numbers it's depressing to me that they didn't think the pirates on paper looked better than last year's year and make than last year's team and make that number, I don't know, like 79 and a half or 80 and a half. Based, no, based on
5: what the team has done this offseason. Like, ask do you, the
4: question, do you think the Pirates are going to have a winning record in 2024? Okay. Yes or no? Put the number there. 80 and a half, 81 and a half, something you, like that. Based
5: on the offseason that they've had, do you, you're disappointed that that's where the odds makers ended up with or came down with, do you think they deserved to be higher based on the offseason that they had? Would you, if you were in charge of setting the Pirates line, so you have to take into account what everybody else did, what they did, and how that all shakes out. Give me the line that Andrew Filippone, professional odds maker, would have set here.
4: Uh, I would have set it at 76 and a half. I would have set it one win higher. Why? Because they're getting Cruz back. Mm -hmm. So that is a big addition. Yep. And at some point, they'll have, I think, one of the best young pitchers in baseball on their roster. Mm -hmm. But it won't be for the entire season. So I think that's an upgrade, and I like their bullpen. So those three things would have me thinking that they're equal to or, or a tick better than last year's team. Those three things. Th- and you're asking me where I would I would set the number there for that reason, but if I'm I'm going to just say this right now. I'm pitching. I'm, looks like they're starting pitching to me is a real. Debbie Downer, and that's why I'm starting the season. I'm like the Missouri of the Pirates. I, I, they need to show me. I'm in a show me mode with them. Do you know what? That, I want to be, like be I want to be pleasantly. I want to be. I want to be pleasantly surprised by what they do. But if I gun to my head, if I had to make a bet, seventy-five and a half over or under, I would go under today.
5: Now the caveat there is one of your worst, probably your worst bet of all time was a season over under win total for the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, that's in why in i my
4: dad into giving me my graduation present in the and form instead of, of a investing it cash, in stocks.
5: Yes. You said I can do better on win totals and then you promptly lost it all in one bet and the bet I believe you said was pretty much DOA by June.
4: Yeah, the Mariners had a win total of 87.5 and, and they lost over 100 games.
5: Um, it's, Was that a harbinger of things to come for me?
4: Yes. <laughs>
5: uh, so I would set it at under. what I would A, take the under on 75.5. B, I think I'd well, set Well, why it, would you bet the under? Well, a couple of things here. I'll list the positives. They get Cruz back. That's the biggest positive by a considerable margin. I actually do agree that as much as I kind of rolled my eyes at it in the context of a starting pitcher discussion, like how frustrating it is that they didn't do more to their starting pitching uh, or for their starting pitching, they appear to have created a good bullpen. Although we already know basically by like Jason Mackey's analysis of things, they he doesn't expect a role to Chapman to be there past the trade deadline. He does. He does not. Okay, so we know that that like the most plugged in insider doesn't even think Chapman's going to be there. The rest of the guys, they got innings eaters. Perez is an innings eater as a starter. The one guy that every, Gonzalez Gonzalez is an innings eater. He's I think both guys you can squint and say maybe they'll regain their form, but they're innings eaters right now. Their best pitcher is going to start the season in Triple A. He's going to understandably be on an innings restriction. It might be that only 110 or so innings get thrown at the big league level by that guy. My presumption is that he play he ends up as their best pitcher almost from the second he joins the major league club. He is their ace and better than Keller. And that's not like taking a shot at Keller, but Keller tailed off a little bit last year. And then here's the real reason. They started last year without O'Neal Cruz for almost the entirety of this first month. like Technically month plus. They started in March. They were 20-9. and nine. On May first, on an off day, they played. Still they, hard to believe that that was. The I case. know, and they were
4: outscored. They weren't doing it with smoke and mirrors. They were out- got himself a contract extension. They were
5: outscoring teams by a lot of runs. They looked like a team that was just against all odds, kicking the absolute unholy bejesus out of everyone they saw. Thought
4: they were going to win a bad division at that point.
5: I think you said they were, and I didn't even say like I could. I could necessarily blame you because they had gotten themselves such a head start. Then they proceeded to play fifty six and seventy seven from that day forward. Which was second worst in the National League ahead of only the Rockies, who were 1583. 421 ball. Now, I would say in the crucible of a major league season, which is 162 games, 29 games at the start doesn't tell who you are. Or really, any 29 game stretch doesn't say who you are. The other 131 or 133 games does. And for those other 133 games, they struggled to win even 40% of them. You tell me what a forty uh, 42% winning percentage is out of 162. It ain't many wins.
4: The Andy Rodriguez injury, which I think is the last time we really talked about the Pirates, I think it's a killer, man. They don't want to play Henry Davis a catcher. There's reports that he's going to start at AAA. And instead of having an up-and-coming, really exciting catcher open the season there, let's see what he can do for 162 games at the major league level, Instead, projected starting lineup right now, we've got a 35-year-old catcher in there, Yasmani Grandal, man. Who's two years removed from being good. So, Fangraphs has their starting lineup like this. O'Neal Cruz leading off playing short. Brian Reynolds playing left and batting second. Key Brian Hayes, who did come on in the second half of last season, that's one reason to be optimistic or hopeful, batting third, playing uh, third base. McCutcheon DH and batting cleanup. McCutcheon shouldn't be batting cleanup. Sawinski, so five in center. Crushes right-handed pitching. Is not get a hit against a straight the a straight-up platoon player, though. Yep.
5: I mean, he's a straight platoon guy. T-
4: uh, Tellez batting sixth at first. Grandal catching, batting seventh. Pagero playing second, batting eighth. And they've still got Josh Palacios as their starter in right field. Nice player. Fourth outfielder for me. You know, I like the first three guys in that
5: I like if Cruz is the guy they think he is, I like the first three spots in that lineup.
4: If Hayes can continue to and hit like Hayes, he did in the second half of last finally year. finally discovered
5: something, you have a good one, two, three. Obviously, everyone's happy to see Andrew McCutcheon back, and I think he can still be a useful offensive player, but more if he's hitting like seventh for a good team. Getting on base, drawing walks, like starting rallies, occasionally knocking one out of the, of the park. McCutcheon, Sawinski, Tellez, Grandal, Grandal piguero Palacios 4 to 9 how many teams have it worse than that on average
4: Well teams that are trying to be teams good this are, year Teams that are teams that are striving are to make a the run at the playoffs of being competitive their rotation according to fan graphs Keller Perez Gonzalez Luis Ortiz Bailey Falter I liked Ortiz going into last season then he blew up I, I, you want to give him a second chance. I don't think he should be their fourth starter. And then it's, Falter it's is just a, a body.
5: It's more somebody of, with a pulse. How, okay, but how many of those guys are just bodies, basically?
3: Priester's not even in it. No. Well, not p- not that he
8: er- deserves a, to be in spot. it. He but, doesn't.
3: Like, concerning that he's okay. I mean, it's in
4: hilarious it. that they had Skeens playing catch with Priester because based on what we saw from Priester, Skeens is like – Setting gloves on fire, he's throwing it so hard. And Priester, it's you're not even hearing a pop. The stuff when that the ball gets the stuff thrown that back to Skeens, Skeens he threw prob- pus. He threw like the softest cupcake stuff I've ever seen. It made no sense. He was topping out like 89. Like he's Jamie Moyer right. in his they prime.
5: Cut, like five or six miles came off his fastball. Skeens is stuff that he was probably throwing to Priester in catch. Probably harder to hit than Priester's actual game stuff was last year. That's another. Uh, Just quickly here, that's another thing that that has me betting the under on 75 and a half. And this is just, to me, it's almost an immutable fact, Pony. Guys seemingly get worse with them, especially pitchers. Do you disagree with that basic premise? Quinn Priester, we heard about it. Remember the fastball popped in the mid to high 90s as a high schooler? Keller's gotten better. Okay, after what, though? A long, hard road to get him to this point. It was not easy. You and I said Mitch Keller looked like a complete bust, and to his credit, he has dragged himself He looked like out he was it. Tyler
4: Glass, now 2.0 for this team.
5: I just, I do not, because I have seen it happen, I would love to say differently, because this is something they need to be good at. I do not have faith that guys are going to make leaps and bounds improvements, especially among young pitchers, when they're in this organization. All right, let's see
4: if our listeners do. You've asked for it, you've wanted it, here's some Pirates talk. The first couple of days in Bradenton are in the books. The odds makers have increased their win total. It's up to 75.5. They're pretty much asking the question, do you think the Pirates will be better or worse than last year? So let's hear, Pirates fans. Can we fill the lines with people that are excited to talk Pirates? 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. Give us your take on this team as they get the 2024 season started 412-928-9370 that is the edgar styron associates fan text line love to hear from you on this next but first let's get a donny headline
7: he's one of the best on base guys in baseball i think it'd be a terror to
2: see a guy like that i mean you could say oh no Cruz. um I-, I like hitting him right in the middle the lineup uh, so I'm-, I'm gonna stick with my boy andrew i think he's gonna have a huge year too but i'd be
7: fine with him being right in the middle lineup too because
4: Plus homer season, Michael McHenry on Andrew McCutcheon. He wants him to bat leadoff because I, of the on base numbers. I go Moneyball. Go Billy that. Bean. I go disagree. Jonah Hill.
5: You either put you either put O'Neill Cruz first or O'Neal Cruz second. I think there's still kind of a split uh, sort of consensus. So there is no consensus. It's split uh, on does your fir- best hitter hit first or second? Trout has for years, I think, when he was their obvious best hitter, hit second for them. Other teams will hit their best guy leadoff. Maximizes the number of at-bats they're going to get in a given game. Even if the first one comes every single time with the bases empty.
4: Uh, we said we want to hear from you on the Pirates as they start spring training. So let's get right to it. Here's Jim to start us off. Hello, Jim.
2: Yeah, I'll take that bet. 500 up. You said, Andrew, under 75. I got a bet on you. Just take it right now.
7: 500. I'm not allowed, yeah.
4: to, I'm not allowed to with listeners, but I uh, appreciate your optimism, Jim.
7: Okay, well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Uh, first off, uh, how long have you been uh, watching Bucko H-
2: baseball?
5: H- is
7: The first H- question H- I LeBron, have, for you. Jim. H- I mean, not LeBron.
2: Uh, Charlie Hayes, uh, uh, Keybron Hayes. I'm thinking of the old man, Keybron Hayes. Got his swing together. He did. He was go. He was leveling out. Look at the numbers. What Keybron did from July on. Okay, you put him in there. You put. I like the idea. You put. Um, uh, uh, Shortstop, Cruz O'Neill. Cruz. He's going to steal. He's going to put a lot of pressure on.
5: Jim. How long you been watching Bucko baseball? Is a question I have. Since
7: 1960.
5: All right, there you go, Chris. Well, no, I no, I do think that like I do think if we hear optimism, it's from people who have watched a lot of baseball. I think it's tougher to be a younger fan to be optimistic. They're
4: they're
8: sage. They're full of wisdom.
5: I just I do think that there is a among the older baseball watching crowd. They are able to look at it through more optimistic, uh, through a more optimistic lens. That's all.
4: Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that because they've seen great teams. They know what a great team looks like, and they know what this team is.
5: You don't think they can squint and see greatness in O'Neill Cruz? That's one
4: guy. Key Braun well, Hayes, as he I called him. I mean, how him. many championships have the Angels won with Trout? Oh, I think the best very, individual player in the in the game for a very long time. I think How very famously lose? the
5: joke is Shohei Ohtani just did something not seen since Tungsten Ormo Doyle of the Akron Senators and Mike Trout had three home runs and the Angels lost eight to six.
4: So there's one guy that says keep Ryan Hayes going to lead the charge to them winning more than uh, they're better than 500. He says games. better than 500, better I than think. 500. He said as well. Okay, so Zach is next. Hello, Zach. Hey guys.
7: Listen, nobody wants the Pirates to win more than me. But I'm betting the under, and I think Chris, you nailed just about every reason. They for the the lineup four through line four through nine stinks. It stinks, and if your lineup's going to stink, then you have to rely on pitching. And history shows us there's we, we can't have any faith in pitching.
4: They we don't think- have a guy. Thanks, Zach. We got more people to get to. Appreciate you listening. They don't have a guy in their rotation right now whose ERA was under four last year. Here's Derek next. Hello, Derek. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. What do you got for us on this one? I believe that this lineup is has much higher hopes
7: than some of these lineups we've seen over the past few years with Colin Moran as our starting third baseman on
9: opening day. Don't I, you I know don't
7: see future there now? But the, I see a future starting, which is a good start. This is this is a good start for these group of guys, and I believe that Swinski is. Under, I'm not going to sit here and say he's, he's a top 10 center fielder, but he's a guy who can hit 30 bombs, and, yes, he's going to hit 220. All right,
4: Derek, so what's the ceiling on this team then this year?
7: Fringe wild card. How many
5: wins
4: does that equate to? 85. 85 I'd the ceiling around 85 to 87. All right, man, I wish I was there. I was there when the season ended, but I thought they'd do more this offseason. Donnie tweeted the night of the playoffs when it started that the Pirates would be in this spot in 2024. Do you still feel that way?
3: No. Uh, I mean if they would actually make a deal. For a young pitcher.
4: Now what happened with that? The Post-Gazette put out an article that said they made no, a trade. And they had to take it back. Apparently uh, the two some sides were just talking.
5: Apparently it was like. Jason's explanation was things get pre-written. Like he'll
4: pre-write something
5: in advance. So then, of, the, the minute it goes like, official,
4: they can post it.
5: Right. It's like you know how obits are
4: written that way. Yes. Ron said he wrote a uh, Art Rooney obit, and his secretary thought it was ghoulish. That was in but his last. But that
5: everybody else in the Rooney family thought it was perfectly on the up. That was and up. in his final column. Um, so Jason said they had something pre-written. I think it's for trades that he he has been told like at least have a chance of happening, so he can get something out there quick and I guess from whatever their content management platform on the back end is, it somehow got posted, and it obviously was not supposed to be out there. Josh is next. Hello, Josh.
7: Hey, yeah, so I'm, I'm 22, so I'm one of those young, optimistic people, and I, I think our lineup has a lot of potential, but I swear every offseason it's like you're walking past the store with, like, your parents as a kid – and you see something that's like really awesome, and like you want it, and they just kind of yank you out of there. <laughs> that's how I feel with Edward Cabrera right now, because I've seen all this stuff about a young pitcher who's has a lot of potential, and he would slide in perfectly.
4: And it's just what are they giving up in that deal? Like, what's the what are people uh, reporting or projecting I that think the I, Pirates like are going to have to a give good, up a
5: good prospect, like what a top ten guy in their organization, and then maybe another guy who's top fifteen. Like, so two pretty good prospects I keep seeing, I think. Okay. But not like their best, So they're not trading guys. like Henry Davis for... No, although right now, what, is he, what exactly does he profile as? If this is like the... Um, I don't know. If this is 2022, I'd feel better about this offense. Rowdy Tellez hitting 35 bombs. If I get 21 Grandal,
4: I feel better. Yeah, they're asking for guys on the cheap to have bounce back years. Not just bounce back years, like major ones. All right. The Bucko Minute is next. 412-928-9370 with the Pirates insider, Jason Mackey. We'll run a lot of these ideas past him. But first, it's time for a Donnie Headline. It is time for the Bucko Minute. And it is brought to you by the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia. See what they can do for you. With Pirates Insider, Jason Mackey, although that title is going away because as of today, he is now moving to Ron Cook's old chair as Post-Gazette columnist. Jason, they say in sports, you don't want to be the guy replacing a legend. So sucks to be you.
7: (laughs) How about that introduction? It is going to be tough, man. You can't replace Ron. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best me I can be. Do you think I know you're going to try to match corny. his
4: annual beer intake?
7: I think I'd be dead if I tried to do that. <laughs> I
4: think, how I many cans I of beer do you one. think Ron has in a calendar year?
5: There's no way to answer this that doesn't get me in trouble. Is it over 300 cans? How many
7: cases of beer? No cans. Cans cans cans.
5: of beer. So Pony's average, like, really asking here, is he averaging a beer a day? I think yes. Yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. Ron easily averages a beer a day. Come on. Do you you average a beer a week,
5: Jason? Okay, hold on. Is Ron, is the number over 1,000 for a year? Yes. Cause he doesn't drink yeah. liquor. He doesn't drink wine. He's nope. a beer man. Mm-hmm. He's a free and free light man. No you know cocktails. What? I think yeah. No cocktails. No other source of alcohol. Yes. I think he's going a thousand plus cans a year. Yes. Oh, all, right. all right, Jason. How many does Jason Mackey go? Do you like the fancier stuff? No, he, he's a cocktail I, guy now. A cocktail guy.
7: I'm both. I'm both. I, I, go, I go back and forth. Like fancier craft beer. I think Malzi and I are in pretty familiar territory with the beer stuff. And then Tony, probably me and you with the bourbon. Yeah. Now, do you think your I, columns
5: are going to appeal most to wine drinkers, domestic beer drinkers, craft beer drinkers, or cocktail people?
7: <sighs> That's a tough one, Malzi. Maybe. Cause you want you, you want to have your drinkers. own sensibility know, right
4: you, you got to appeal to the common man here well, Jason Well, see I think I'm a, I would have answered the question differently and I know Jason said he's got to be his own man but Gene Collier appeals to the wine crowd and Zeiss appeal, appeals to the domestic beer and I what really is, can't figure Stark, Starkey, out. Starkey <laughs> appeals to the, the crowd that
5: drank olive oil to coat their stomachs in college and then just said <laughs> anything that anything that's not pinned down I'm taking.
4: All right, Jason. All right, I'm
7: taking the like bourbon crowd. Then yeah. can I have right. them? Nobody yes. has the bourbon sure. crowd. That's,
4: that's Pony. Your columns are going to appeal now, to Pony. Now, Jason, I hate to bring up you know a sensitive subject when you have this huge promotion on the way. But what happened here? You reported that a pirates trade happened, and then it got changed, or something went on there. I saw some tweets to that effect, or
7: no, to, I know
4: uh, trying yep, to clarify yep. what happened. So, can you tell us they traded for the Marlins pitcher or not?
7: They have not traded for the Marlins pitcher. no. Are they going uh, to what? Yes, I think they're going to. If you're going to ask me black and white, do I think they get this done? Yes, I think it makes sense, but it are, does they not happen- up?
4: are they giving
5: up a lot? If they, here? G- if they get it done, what what do you think the yeah, cost is?
7: I don't think the cost is as high as you know the percent. Like I don't think they have to give up a top ten prospect to do it. Um, you know, in the the thing that I put out accidentally, didn't mean to put it out. Um, like it was Ashcraft Bay and john chuck sim um you know a a, a middle top 30 prospect like that that's the level of return that i think it would be i don't know necessarily about names but like that's my understanding on level of return it's not like they would have to give up bubba chandler and anthony solomita to do it so then
4: how good is this marlins pitcher that they're not giving up a lot to get
7: um upside a lot um Throws really hard, gets a lot of strikeouts, Troubles has trouble throwing strikes. They need to teach the kid control. He's like Ricky Vaughn. Um, you know, he's just walked a ton. And so, like, if they would get him, again, the Marlins have much better young pitchers, but this kid is no slouch. All, the attractiveness for me is that he's got electric stuff. He just hasn't been able to sort of corral it. So, I mean, he can be really good. They just have some work developmentally to do when they get him, how if has, they get him.
5: How has their work been? I mean, you've covered them you know, more closely than anyone. How do you feel their work has been at developing pitching of late and really in the Ben Charrington era?
7: I don't think we know, and here's why. Um, like Mitch Keller, even though he went away to get better, like the Pirates were still involved. You can give them a positive on that one. Obviously, Rowanzi Contreras, Quinn Priester, and Luis Ortiz, you're going to give them a negative. They haven't been good enough. Um, I, I would also argue, and this has kind of been a – I talked to Roe about this. I talked to, to Priester about this. Like and even Keller today, it takes more time than I think anybody thinks, knows, expects, or wants. Um, And so we're just in the middle of it. Like we we don't know. We don't know if enough of these young guys that they need to develop are truly any good. Now, if it turns out that the guys I'm talking about stink and they never figure it out, then this group hasn't been good at developing pitching. Or that's a significant problem. I just don't think we know enough yet. We don't have enough data to come to that conclusion, well, in my
5: opinion. If this trade happens, uh, what would be the timeline in which you think it would happen? In terms of you know next days, weeks, what are we thinking here?
7: Well, I mean, it would be very surprising for it to go much longer. I'm surprised it's gone this long already. You'd want to get your whole group into camp for full squad workouts, and the first one of those is Monday. Um, they got past the, you know, Wednesday was a the day where you can put extra guys on the 60-day injured list um you saw them do that with Oviedo and Andy Rodriguez both out for this year so there's a little bit more flexibility two killer
4: injuries it. by the way just two awesome. absolute killers awesome. and I don't think they've done an adequate job of replacing either guy
7: totally fair you know what sucks Pony, being down here like guys aren't guys in that situation aren't required to like be out and around and watching things Andy Rodriguez is out, like hanging out with Henry Davis and Yasmani Grandal, and the catchers, like you know, dabbing up everybody, and like he's all excited. Oviedo's watching bullpens interact. Like they're just such good people that in that part. Henry
4: of Davis is allowed to hang out with the catchers. I thought that a catching mitt in his hand was like a radioactive combination. I didn't know he was <laughs> able to do that. Yeah, they're let. He, he can catch
7: now. He can catch now. It's all good. He's actually looked very good, by the way. Henry Davis has been, like, one of the
4: most pleasant stories.
7: So is he going to be their
4: opening day catcher?
7: I don't know. I don't know that much. Um, you know, I, I don't have a question if he's going to hit. I just don't know if the defense is going to be good enough. And, I mean, nobody has even faced hitters. We haven't seen enough to see What's if he's any good you? defensively. My gut says yes. My gut says yes. I think he does it. But wow. that that's a pretty bit. – I'm going out on a pretty Henry big said limb AAA, there.
4: He at AAA, so you're already at loggerheads with the – catching expert in the organization
7: yeah wait what
4: the thinks he loggerheads? starts at, what is that well you just there's a disagreement here you guys are is that a term at, uh, oh yeah oh,
5: loggerheads yeah, yeah we were going over loggerheads versus detente yeah. yeah there was a lot of that kind of discussion on the show yeah it's a friday oh Jason. my
7: my goodness all right well yeah then i'm at loggerheads i thought that was like a place in oakland in the 2000s or something
5: but yeah I I, i'm there actually been <laughs> it have been. Well, you guys are like two Rams on a mountaintop in a nature show. Yeah, you that's what I'm butting, You know, you're butting heads,
4: then you go back All to right. your corners and do it again. So you and you, you and uh, you and Michael can disagree. Agree to disagree. Well, I mean,
7: what Fort said, I think people are getting out of context or getting wrong or something. Like he said, there's a possibility they're not they're not looking to send Henry to AAA. They're not trying to send Henry to AAA. What he's trying to say is, if he can't catch and he can't hit, they wouldn't be afraid to send him to AAA. And I agree with that, but I'm saying that I think Henry's going to show them enough with both the bat and the glove that it's going to be a, non, it's going to be a non-topic. Okay, let me, let let me ask plan.
5: for a finer point then. Do you think it's going to be more he shows a lot with the bat that they live with the glove or he shows a lot with both?
7: I'm going to go with the first, Chris. I'm not going to get too crazy. Um, I think the defense is going to be good enough. I think he's going to still have room to grow, but I think he's going to be at least passable. And I think the bat is going to be what carries him onto the roster.
4: All right, so if you think he's their catcher, then who's their opening day right fielder?
7: Yeah, this is an interesting one. I asked Shelton about that. Um, If you pin me down, I'm going to go Edward Olivares. Who? Um, And that would probably be – this is interesting. We talked to Ben Sherrington last night about this, and it was a little bit of a shift in strategy from them. Earlier on, they said second base, um, you know, Triola would be a part of it, but they wanted him to be more of a utility guy. Last night, Shelton said they think Jared Triolo is more, you know, we're really going to look at him at second base. And so, like, those are two different things. Anyway, if Jared Triolo winds up playing second base, I think that opens up a little bit more for Edward Olivares. And I really like the kid. They got him from Kansas City. Not a lot of people know about him. If you look, just numerically, very productive player last year. And I, but I do think it'll be a bit of a rotational thing. Maybe some Kutch, maybe some Palacios, maybe some Connor Joe. I don't think Henry will be going out there, but – oliveras at this point i would say goes out there
4: would you bet over or under 75 and a half wins right now over so who finishes in last place in the division then
7: yeah somebody has to right yep
4: who is it and if you say st louis i i will make a wager off the air with you on that because there's no way say they're going to go over 75
5: again. and a half wins and still finish last in the most competitive division in baseball jason
4: it
7: might be the most competitive division in baseball. I'm not saying the best, but it might, it might be like the, the most narrow band.
4: Who do you um, think on paper worse than them?
7: That is tough, Tony. Milwaukee? So they, they don't
5: have the worst, pitching to carry from,
4: them they through? They go from first to worst.
5: I don't know. The Brewers have devil magic. They got like Cardinals devil magic 2.0. They find ways to be good. They won 92
4: games last year. Holy cow.
7: Do the Cubs have enough? I don't know if I see the Cubs going to last. I don't see the Reds going all the way to last. I think there, there's too much there. Right. Could be
5: a 77-win team that finishes in last, then, it sounds like.
7: Well, it, it, it. it
4: could, could be. be. Jason, yeah. what do you think they could would consider? Could be cons- the NFC South of divisions. Jason, what do you think they would consider a good year? Like a season where you gave them a win total, and they're like, you know what, we'll take it. We'll sign up for that. You're Over 500? So if they go 83 and 79, you Good offer year. that right now. They say we'll take it.
7: I think they'd be ecstatic. Yes,
4: because they'd do. be playing meaningful
5: baseball most likely down the stretch.
7: Yep, I think that yes, that that's a number 100%. Is
5: it fair to say that as an organization, the people you talk to, they look at what the Diamondbacks did last year and basically respond to that with, "Why not us?"
7: Exactly. That is a a very consistent theme, Chris.
4: Give us a win you know, number. I don't, give I don't us know a if that's win. good or bad. Give us a Neither win. Neither do I. Give us In a fact, win I'm number. leaning the other way on it. Jason, give us a win number that would really, really make them mad. Like the highest win number you can think of, where they'd be like, "Oh crap, this did not go the way we wanted it to." Sixty-eight. So at 60, like, I feel like so they 60, could maybe try to explain away 72 or 73. I
7: wouldn't agree with it. It would make me mad. It would make a lot of people mad. But I'm just, you're asking me yeah, what no. would raise their If antenna.
5: they're sniffing
4: around 95
7: under, losses,
5: they'll feel like things have gone horribly under wrong. Under 70. Okay.
4: Right. Gotcha. All right, Jason. Enjoy Bradenton.
7: All right, guys. Good talk. See Thanks ya. for having me. Yep.
5: The Mixon uh, Fruit Farms thing is back as, like, some sort of a food truck now. That's what everyone goes down there. I don't and know what love. the heck that is. It's, like, the place that does, like, these no. these... It's orange-themed. There's lots of oranges at Mixon's Fruit Farm. Did you
4: see that in this truck series race that they're running at Daytona, there's a guy named Raj Karuth who's in 10th place? Raj Karuth? There he is. Never understood the truck series. Not running this uh, week, O.G. Simpson did not get in, did not qualify. Is that Jim Gray in 4th place? (laughs) No, seriously, the guy's name is Raj, R-A-J, Karuth just
5: i'm just laughing one at letter off a guy is, that i
4: think is very infamous
5: and is i think living in pittsburgh right now what you didn't know that caruth i think possibly has changed his name legally but i know caruth for a little while after he finally got released was thought to be living around here i'm dead serious man
4: i don't buy that for a second fan weather okay. brought to you by sun chevy we'll let channel two take care of that We are brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram and Peters celebrating 50 years in the South Hills on this wonderful Friday. All right. We got a lot to get to. Mark Caballi is going to join us in about 20 minutes. I'm just now I'm getting hit over the head with people telling me that Ray Carruth. Has lived in Pittsburgh for years under an alias
3: What's the this, alias? I don't know. This
4: is all new to me. There's a WPXI story
5: from about five and a half years ago uh, on him getting released, and then Dunlap has a tweet that suggests that he changed his uh, surname, but did not change his first name. But I had heard that. It wasn't only Dunlap's tweet that I'd seen. I had heard people say he settled around here. The WPXI story says that he settled somewhere in Pennsylvania, but they weren't, at, you know, at liberty to say where. I don't think he ended up in Johnstown or Emporia. You think he
4: listens to the show?
5: Now you've got me thinking. Has at any point in the in his time as a freed man has Ray Carruth listened to this show? You know what? I think he has turned the dial to 93.7 the fan at least once and heard our show. Bad guy. I want to stress for the record here, as we do this tangent, very bad guy. What if he has a meter, still a bad guy. <laughs>
1: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
8: You are. You're a
4: real sick puppy. All right. So I do a podcast with Danny Parkins called First in Pod. And Danny is the afternoon drive host and one of my good friends for a very long time. And he is out of Chicago. And so when we had to tape our podcast last night, I said to him beforehand, we got to talk a lot about fields because... Our listeners, they wanted it yesterday at 5.30. They wanted more Fields talk. There's just a fascination and obsession among a lot of Steelers fans right now when it comes to Fields and what he's going to get traded for and what Adam Schefter said this week about the Steelers and Mike Tomlin being a big fan of Fields. So we got into a lot of Fields talk on this podcast episode, which you can get on the Odyssey app. You can go to my Twitter page and get a link to it too. But I pulled some of the highlights from it because I want to get your thoughts on some of the things that Danny brought up and also the way I reacted to some of it. So this part surprised me. This was right off the bat here. What they're thinking in Chicago about this trade and what the Steelers would give up to the Bears
8: for Justin Fields. So... Normally, it's like my time to give an opinion, but I'm going to ask you a follow-up question before I do. Do they like him enough to give up the 20th pick? No, absolutely not. That won't happen. What if it's Fields and a third? The owner will
4: not let them do that. The only way the owner, I think, gets convinced to demote Kenny Pickett to backup and not even having a competition is if he feels like the coach is so convinced of the player that he's willing to vouch for him and the acquisition cost is not exorbitant do you agree with my answer and how about the fact that they're thinking that the 20th pick is on the table for him
5: that's more surprising than anything there I don't know if Danny floated I know Danny's obviously very plugged in I don't know if he floated it as almost a test balloon Um, And don't you
4: think my is my reaction what you would expect from the Steelers there specifically specifically
5: from art? Yes, it is what I would expect. Hell non starter. I actually think it's I know this sounds crazy. I actually think it's much easier for the Steelers to part with a first round pick on the idea that they're getting a transformational defensive player than a quarterback. Well, especially not, at
4: the time Minka was in his rookie contract. Which is not too. also
5: to say, by the way, that that's the right way to look at these things, but I think that's how they organizationally would. Yes, Minka was in his rookie, yeah, I get all that. Was going into a second year. Second year of the deal, different situation as far as that fifth-year option, all that stuff.
4: But if that's really what the Bears organization is well, then thinking, then forget about it. Then, then this is, not, is never going to be. a happen. non-starter. It's not, and the whole idea that, the Steelers, it's easier, more palatable if it's Fields and a third for a first.
5: I still... Th- gets the deal even off the ground. If that, if Omar Khan calls Ryan Poles in Chicago and says, you know, what's the cost? You know, let's talk Justin here. And Poles says, well, I think we
4: really want pick 20. If I were Omar, I'd say, hey, thanks. Yeah, then it's, it easy. Then it's on to Kenny Pickett's getting another shot and Ryan Tannehill is coming here to help teach him the offense
5: for some reason I imagine when Omar Khan is making these calls he's doing it on an old rotary dial phone because I don't know why not on his cell phone
4: my grandmother still uses one of those the rotary dial the one where you take yeah, your yeah, finger, finger you put it in yep, the wheel that's a rotary and you spin it. yep you
5: think if we showed that to one of today's ki- like a 10 year old kid today who had never seen one before they could even I don't know what to believe to anymore
4: Nelly was producing Donnie last night and said he had never heard of Chris Farley my horrible job so the way that people in their late teens and early 20s now act, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's just, to me, Nelly also,
5: Nelly also, they were doing quite the exercise on that show last night when I was driving in, uh, and I heard Donnie's, essentially, his last segment. I was coming in for the sports call, so I knew I was going to see the both of them. Donnie tried to go at Nelly's prompting, tried to name as many consecutive number one overall NFL draft picks as he could, starting with this past year and going backwards. Ooh, that's fun. Care to give it a shot?
4: Uh we can maybe. I want to keep going through some of these though. <laughs> I knew I was
5: I knew he wouldn't want to get away from the
4: Fields thing. And Danny. I All knew right, it. Donny. So now I have now I have pros and cons here. Yes. Danny just said this is what Justin Fields is good at and this is what he's not really good at three years into his career.
8: He's a great guy. He's an eleven out of ten leader. He's one of the three best athletes at the position at quarterback. He's got a cannon for an arm. He was not given continuity and a a chance to succeed here. He's got some of his own issues. He's not an anticipatory thrower. He's not great throwing between the hash marks. And he takes way too many sacks. And because of his style of play, that leads to a pretty high injury risk.
4: It's definitely a mixed bag with the guy. Like I want the Steelers to do it because I want I want the Steelers to acquire Fields because I do think there's a boom potential there where the guy clicks in this offense because of the athletic traits that Danny mentioned there. But there's no doubt there's reasons to think that he'll never make it as a great NFL quarterback. The last one is maybe the worst one, injury risk. Well, the worst one for me on is contact. he's not an anticipatory thrower. Well, and, I, and then the second one he said there doesn't make me feel better. between either. the numbers. Yeah. We, we just lived that nightmare where no throws went so over the middle he, of the field. So basically he loves
5: to chuck the deep ball, and he's good at it. Can you fix a guy who's not an anticipatory
4: thrower? Can you turn a non-anticipatory thrower into one? I would say no. I think there's very rare examples of it. But maybe he's such a great athlete, he doesn't need to well, do Josh that. Well, Josh Allen I don't think
5: is an anticipatory thrower. I think guys break open, and Josh Allen damn near throws the ball through them.
4: Was Brett Favre an anticipatory thrower?
5: No. I mean, when I remember watching Kaepernick play, he didn't throw guys open. The guy turned his numbers to Kaepernick, and he threw the ball about 95 miles an hour directly and between Fields the numbers. And does have the arm to do that. I mean, you can you can win that way, but I yes, ideally, though, I think you do want to have a guy who l- throws players open. All
8: right, here's one more on field,
5: still
4: raw as a passer.
8: Using his legs to set up the throw, he got much better at it the second half of this season. He definitely flashed it, but it has not been consistent. Like the the Lamar play to score against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, that has not been a consistent thing for Fields. And he's never done anything like he has done in terms of 67% completion or 36 passing touchdowns. He's never flashed that degree of a ceiling as a passer.
4: So he doesn't do what Roethlisberger did so well which is scramble and run to make a big passing play. When he runs, he's running. When he gets out of the pocket, he's now a running back. He's not trying to make that play on the move like Elway and Steve Young and those guys did for such a long time. It's somewhat
5: defensible because he's so elite in the open field that usually running is the best option because he can get you 25 yards legitimately almost any of the times he does that. But the best guys in the league use their legs to set up their arm. Mahomes doesn't. Mahomes had a couple huge runs. He was the leading rusher for Kansas City in the Super Bowl. But the plays where he's most dangerous—that any defensive coordinator would tell you keep them up at night—are not when he just takes off and runs. It's when he extends a play and then makes
4: a throw. So I played a game with Danny. Now remember, he's been afternoon drives in Chicago. This is his childhood team. He's watched every Bears game for the last like thirty years. So he's seen every single one of Fields' games. He wanted the Bears to draft Fields. He's been a Fields guy. The entire time. He's Mm -hmm. not Mm anti-Fields. So I asked him. I gave him five quarterback names. And I asked him. Is Justin Fields ceiling higher. Than quarterback X. Quarterback Y. Quarterback Z. So you're going to hear me name a quarterback. And before Danny answers. I want you to answer from your perspective. If you think that Fields' potential. In ceiling is higher than the quarterback that I named him. You got it? Yes, I do. I'm going to give you an NFL quarterback right now, and tell me if you think Justin Fields' ceiling is above the player that I'm about to give you, okay? All right. Tua, what would your answer be? Higher. Donnie?
3: We're saying Fields has a higher
4: ceiling. Just
5: the skills that he has. Does he have a higher ceiling or a lower ceiling than Tua? Does he have
4: potential to be a better quarterback than Tua, yes or no? Potential, is,
3: yes.
4: You're saying yes too? Yes, because I think two is a system guy.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. 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 Boy sounds really convinced. His ceiling? Yep.
8: Yeah, because I mean if he becomes a good passer, he's a he's just more stable. He's a I mean, he's a he's a he's a brick house of a man. <laughs> but he just hasn't been able to he has to run, dude. He has to run. Who's the band and that says in, "Brick House"? Is
4: that the Commodores? She's a brick. The
5: Lionel Richie house.
8: It is disconcerting
4: to hear somebody say, though, if he turns into a good passer, then he'll be better than. As two if up. that's like something that can just. Oh well, that's we can. That, I mean, we can I think people would hear say, "Kenny Pickett's got a lot of we can, potential. We can fix that guy. If he
5: just turns into a good passer, he'll be he'll really be something.
4: Arthur Smith's offense, he would. Yes, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Dak Prescott.
5: No, I think Prescott's
4: better, and would when would remain better. So best case scenario, Justin Fields still can't beat Dak Prescott. Yeah,
5: because I think Dak Prescott is pretty good. I think Dak Prescott gets
3: a another bad re- playoff uh, uh, game, Donnie. How are you gonna I'm answer aware. this
5: one? A weird amount of flack though for the player he actually is.
3: Yeah, I mean, bad playoff game, n- not a good playoff history, but the guy was very much in the MVP conversation, like down to the final couple what, of weeks, two games of the season. Mm-hmm. He threw 36 touchdowns in nine picks. this year. So how are you going to answer this? I
8: would, I would take Dak. I mean, I would have said, yes, I, this season, this season, I, I don't think Justin Fields will ever throw for 4,500 yards like Dak did. Well, Dak Prescott's never going to run for a thousand yards and maybe 15 I, I touchdowns. But the problem with the problem with that is if you're relying on that for his ceiling, you're talking about Justin Fields for his twenties, which is still five more years. But it's – but you know what I mean? That 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 ends. You lose a tenth of a time in your 40-yard dash, it's a problem. I got two more for you. Jalen Hurts.
4: Higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts. Best-case scenario is Justin Fields better than the Eagles quarterback. This is the toughest
5: one so far. My answer is no because I have seen Hurts enough – And seen Hertz make enough big-time throws where he's dropped it in the bucket. He's just shown a real touch for throwing the football. I think he's a very good runner. He's not on Fields' level, but he's not that far off. I think already he's had better coaching, so that factors in. But I think I've seen enough from Hertz already to say that he has a higher ceiling than Fields. Let me put it this way before Donnie answers. I could imagine Jalen Hurts getting better coaching this coming year having their, their issues fixed where, like, they didn't have the answers for questions, defenses threw throughout them, and them being right back in the NFC title
3: game. D-football? Hurts doesn't have the field speed, but he's still a very lethal runner to me. Like, top, what, three to five? Of I mean, if Fields is a league. brick house, what's Hurts, the county jail? Right, I mean, Hertz. So what are you saying, Donnie? I, I would go Hurts.
8: I mean, listen, when the Bears lost to the Eagles – Last year, I said if you flipped the quarterbacks, I thought that Fields was better than Hurts. So, yeah.
4: Trevor Lawrence. How about that one? Do you agree with Danny? (laughs) Uh, I loved Fields going into this year. So, I am going to answer that question, yes. I'm a little bit discouraged by what I saw, but I do think part of it is the system. And it's interesting that he said when Hurts was at his best, which was in 2022 – Someone who watched every one of the Bears games thought if you put Fields on the Eagles, he was better than Hurts. Hurts has had one really good year,
5: one pretty disappointing year, and then one promising year, and then the one where I don't even count The it. last
4: two I asked him, which we don't have time for, is I asked him Trevor Lawrence, and he said, no, Lawrence has a higher ceiling I agree than with Fields. with that. And then I asked him Purdy, and he said, not even close, it's Fields. Yeah, I mean, per- yes. I mean, higher ceiling, Yes. But Purdy
5: is already there playing at an elite level. I mean, yes, in an elite system. I know. You
4: say, of course, it's Fields. I mean, we've got people now saying that Purdy's ceiling is Drew Brees. As long as Purdy's in that offense, I think he's going to be good. All right, Kabali's next. Let's get to him. Texas on the Edgar Can we play this game with him? Can we play that that game quickly with him? He's going to say Justin Fields is the next, uh, I don't know. Can we just say, does he, have a, does he have a higher ceiling than Mason Rudolph? And we will hear him say, no, he does not. Uh, Mark Cabale, our Steelers insider on the other side. First to Donnie Headline. Ah, yes. It's time to go out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service. Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. A welcome in. Steel, Steelers insider on this Friday, the great Mark Kabali. Mark Kabali with an impassioned column this week saying the right guy to pair with Kenny Pickett at quarterback is Mason Rudolph. Mulzi, uh brought up before we, we had Jan, Mark. Do you think Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than Justin Fields?
2: No, probably not. Well, put it this way, he probably, Justin Fields obviously has more potential, more talent. If but, you uh, had to
4: win a game for your kid who takes those giant craps life,
2: <laughs> would you rather
4: have Mason Rudolph or Justin Fields?
2: Ooh. I don't know. You got to put me in a situation here now. What are we talking Steelers about here? roster,
4: 2024.
2: Who's going to be on the roster who will win a game?
4: Who? I don't know. You're the guy that has all those things figured out.
2: I don't know. I mean, Mason did win three of the last four games. I mean, I would say say
5: Mason Uh, Mason and get it over with.
2: You know, you see Justin Fields, he turns the ball over a lot. Rudolph didn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, Here's a reason why I would guess it. Put it this way. If Justin Fields was such a slam dunk, great quarterback with no issues, the Chicago bears would be keeping him right now and signing him to a four year, $235 million. So there's some issues
4: there. So right? would you so, rather trade a second round pick for fields or give Mason Rudolph a two year, $12 million contract?
2: It's it's complicated because, you know, if you uh, give up a second round pick, I mean, there's a lot to, um, there's a lot associated with that. Now. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about having to pick up his option. We guaranteeing him 25 million bucks, uh, a second and a fifth round pick before he even puts a sealer's helmet on i mean it goes more than just who's a better player right now i mean if you just say most talent and would you like him on the team absolutely would you like no, that i'm asking the second one out. is
4: would you rather would you rather trade for him and give up a second round pick or give mason Rudolph that contract you i would him.
2: give mason Rudolph that contract because if you're giving up a second round pick you're also adding million guaranteed to the roster over the next two years and a second round pick and a potential, you know, 2025 fifth round pick. So that's very expensive for a guy that they've given up on in Chicago and a guy that's, you know, you don't know what he can do. I mean, he has not even taken the snap for you. So that's a lot to give up for a chance, in my opinion.
5: Do you think that they are trying to work behind the scenes to get something done with Rudolph to lay the groundwork? Right now as an organization or no?
2: I think it's coming. Um, I think uh, there will be an offer made here probably within the next couple weeks uh, to Rudolph. But, uh, you know, it's it always going to be depending, too. Rudolph definitely wants a chance to be able to compete for a job and start somewhere. That's number one for him. Number one for him is to go somewhere and have a chance to play. And if he feels that's here, then obviously uh, he he will sign here. But there's no there's no you know fresh start somewhere else. That is just totally. Mark isn't isn't the thing true. for
5: him that's tough that the most vulnerable starting quarterback he might join up with is already the one that he's been playing with in Kenny Pickett. But that the team itself, the Steelers have a belief in Kenny that doesn't actually, in practical terms, make him a vulnerable guy? You know what I mean? Like, there are yeah, other teams but, he could go to where the coaching staff might be more open, but the quarterback might be better ahead of him.
2: But there is precedent right there of, you know, pushing Kenny to the side late in that season last year to be able to give Mason that opportunity. Mason has a couple of things going for him. is He was successful in those three or four games. Um, the locker room, he doesn't have to go and win over – the locker room. They like him. So, uh, plus, you know, everybody knows that this is Kenny's last opportunity here. So, is that leash as long as it would have been last year? No. I mean, you're looking midway through the season if he does not perform as you would like him to perform. They wouldn't, I think they would be, they wouldn't hesitate to go to somebody like Mason Rudolph because they know there's. No future there for Kenny Powell. All right, well, then look into
4: your crystal ball, Mark. If they brought Rudolph back, and we know you're a big Rudolph fan, who do you think, if they were both on the team in 2024, would ultimately end up starting more games, Rudolph or Pickett? Probably
2: Pickett. I would say Pickett would get a good chance to start.
4: No, 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 not a. We know he'd get the chance
5: probably, even well, if they would I mean, say it. I mean, but do you think he would do enough with the chance that he would end up starting more games?
2: No, that's the big question, though, is it? That would be. That's the, to,
5: I think that's the, that's question, the question. Tony was implied. <laughs> that is there. the question that I
4: asked Mark.
2: Yeah, that is definitely the question, and I, I mean, depends on what Kenny we get, and we get in. You know, late rookie season into the off season and preseason Kenny. Fine, I'm going to press you even more. Here. Which How? of those
5: Kennys will we get in that situation?
2: That's the, that's the problem. That now you know why it's not very. It's February 16th. Right now.
5: No one's going to remember this interview in two months. You're sure not going to be held to the fire. Even Pony will Pony's, forget what you say here.
2: Pony's getting ready to tweet it out as we speak, right?
5: Maybe.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, I still think that Kenny has a lot left in him, I think he has an opportunity to pick up where he left off last year. I think there might have been, you know, maybe some behind-the-scenes confidence issues that boiled over into the season and it just got away from him. I think if he comes in clear-headed, I think he has a very good chance of being – I mean, I just –
4: Well, wait a minute. Time out, out, time out, time out. I want to go back to what you just said there. If he comes in clear-headed, do you have a sense that things – Ended in a way with his exit interviews and stuff, where he might might not be feeling clear headed no. right now.
2: No, I just mean the whole the whole off season. I mean, okay. you you just look at him and see how he carried himself from the year so prior. So you think
4: they parted Something company on good terms
8: this yeah, season?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I okay. think they did. I think he's going to come back in, and obviously he he knows that he's going to get that one last opportunity right here to be the starting quarterback. So there's a lot of pressure on him to be able to succeed. And I honestly, I can't get out of my mind last year. Of, how well he played off-season, preseason, training camp, all that stuff. But that still wasn't as good away. as
4: Mason Rudolph in those training camp sessions.
2: Well, last year was a little different. Mason, it came in as Mason was, you know, you really didn't give it a second thought because you knew Kenny was going to be that guy. Gotcha. Now you go back to that rookie year. Different story. Yeah, you know, that's a different story. Mark,
5: you know what's something that I've been having trouble reconciling is still – Art Rooney saying, I want to say I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, Kenny, we need Kenny to get better going into next year at getting us out of the huddle and basically reading the defense and having us in the right look for what he sees, essentially implying he needs still work in that very fundamental area of quarterbacking. Hard for me to reconcile that with (laughs) as an organization, them talking about his pro readiness, his NFL readiness, basically the polish on his game when they actually drafted him. It seems like if that was what was one of the big selling points on the player, that it would be a pretty bitter disappointment that they feel he's substandard in that regard two years into his career.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they might have overestimated that a little bit from what he was able to do that his senior year at Pitt. I mean, it's a different ball game in pros in college, so I'm sure that didn't help him, the type of offense he was running when he was being asked to do as well. But when you get to that third season, I mean, you have to be pretty dialed in here. You should be. You should not be going up and thinking what you need to do. You just you need to react and be able to perform. Uh, I I don't know if I take every single word that Art Rooney says. You know, with, as the gospel, so to speak. You know, I mean, sometimes you just talk and you just hear words, and that word jumped out at you. But obviously, it was some sort of an issue. But I don't think it was an issue that was you know, un- incurable or anything like that. I think that's just something they have to get better at. And it might have been potentially the reason why they brought in a quarterback coach and obviously some issues with uh, Matt Canada as well. So it could have been a little bit of a parting uh, a dig at, at the coaching staff as well.
4: Mark, are you guys doing a fish fry tonight?
2: Uh, no. I think the kid got some kind of cheerleading stuff going on. I just go and, you know, buy the old uh, Vandy Camp stuff and throw it in the old air fryer or something. I I, I do like a good fish sandwich, let me tell you that. Can't go wrong there. this is like
4: uh, kicking off that season tonight. That's why I'm saying it's opening day. It's opening day for that. I
2: always want to, but I just never feel motivated enough to go and wait in line for like 45 minutes at the can't you, call,
5: can't you call it ahead, ones? though, at some of the, yeah, the finer parochial establishments?
2: Well, that's too much like work there. Come on. I just Picking want to go Picking up off.
4: the phone and calling? Mark, isn't that what somebody does for a pizza? You call, and then you get it 40 <laughs> what minutes have you later? Been, what have you been doing for the last oh. 10 minutes with us? You know, this just, must be arduous just,
2: for you. I just show up to the old church and, and walk in and want the sandwich, but there's usually a you know, so wait, by this logic, line. do you
5: not like going to a fine dining establishment? Because even if you have reservations, it might still take you a little while to get to the the portion where you're eating the entree here?
2: The the, the the old uh, call-ahead seating for the old Texas Roadhouse is just spectacular. So they text you when you walk right in. I'm, I'm not a patient individual.
5: That doesn't sound
4: like so, it. This is fascinating. Nah. All right, Mark. Great talk. We'll, <laughs> we'll do it again next All right, week.
2: Guys. We'll see
4: you. you think you do fish Friday night? No, I don't think so. Um, my
5: my move was, I like fried fish sandwiches. I do. I think they're really good. My move was always to try to grab sushi
4: on a night like this. Wow. and You get on me for being. Uh, Bougie? That's See, I'm a blue-collar guy that just wants the fish fry. I don't need anything fancy. You going to one near your house tonight? Uh, no, not
5: tonight. Going to eat lump crab cakes somewhere?
4: Huh. No answer, Donnie. Jumbo yeah, lump crap, probably I've, like the good stuff. I've recently been a convert to tartar sauce. I hated it for about 25, 30 years of my life. Didn't even know what it was and thought it looked
5: gross. Ate it, and I went, what have I been missing? Yeah, now I think it's really good. It is really good. So you haven't answered the question. Are you eating fried fish like a blue-collar guy? Or no, I'm not bougie? eating any of
4: that stuff because Amanda has like an elaborate dinner set up for tonight.
5: What? Probably not a good idea to say that in the tone
4: of, I have to go get a root canal while your wife is also probably listening to the show. Brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Donnie's segment is next, but first a headline. (laughs) That music means it's time for Donnie's segment. It's called the Football Debrief. And it is brought to you by Archie's on Carson Street in the south side of Pittsburgh. Premier venue to watch all your black and gold teams in action and they are a wing champion, voted mid-Atlantics wing champion. And we have tried them firsthand and they are something and we love Archie on the show. So let's hear it, Donnie.
3: What do you got for him today? The debrief. February 16, 2024. We've talked about the, the topic before, I think maybe a month or so ago, whenever we saw the rumors start to come out. But the Steelers today officially uh, they they put out the big social media post about filing to host either the 2026 or 2027 NFL draft so that made me pose the question where is the funniest place in Pittsburgh that the NFL could set up for the draft responses uh well Malzi chimed in with the carry furnace we got a lot of calls for the century 3 mall location what's going on with the century 3 mall it's a disaster man didn't they shoot one of the walking dead move or monroeville Le- mall monroeville mall was the original dawn of the dead Dawn of the dead yeah okay. i mean they they could probably do another remake of that in, in amanda century raves 3. about
4: the century 3 mall from back in the day it's scary said looking said it was man. the place to be there was a chick-fil-a there before they were anywhere else there was a chick-fil-a Things in the ross nature. park mall food court
5: before they were anywhere else so if you were south of the city, you wanted to be at Century 3, north of the city, Ross Park, east of the city, Monroeville Mall. Then they threw Rob Mall Which was the mall best one? There. I mean, I was a North
4: Hills guy. Ross Park, above all. But I thought that was like a hoity-toity high-end mall. Well, you're saying best. No, well, I'm just saying. They've made it really hoity-toity based on, based now. Based on the fact that you tried to steal some of my blue-collar shine, I would think you would hmm. look at some of the shops and stores there and say, this doesn't fit Mulsey. Well, back in the day, it was a little bit uh, less
5: high-end. You know, you had your electronics boutique, your babbages, things like that.
4: Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, You had your
5: Mrs. Fields cookies you could get. Still the best cookies of all time, the cookie goat. I
4: don't mind Nordstrom's. I've gone to some uh, styling and fitting sessions there. One of them actually was conducted by Crowley's cousin. You've had a professional stylist do yeah. on yeah, but- Amanda's orders. Are you... Like, Amanda got the ball rolling on it. And it was Crowley's cousin. Mm-hmm. And I said, Adam, your cousin is uh, working with me at Nordstrom's. Great guy. And he goes, yeah, much better looking than me.
5: That was his first response. My cousin, much better looking than me. Yeah. I think he said, very handsome guy. <laughs> is that supposed to was reassure Jimmy G? Is that supposed to reassure you that he's really good at like designing, you know, like structuring the way you look? I he, just don't understand that from Crowley. Why don't you, if you're Crowley, why don't you say there, oh, yeah, you're in good hands, good at his job. He's going to make you look no, good. He went
4: right to the way the guy looked. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's interesting. Don't get lost in his soulful eyes. Muscular ass.
3: <laughs> All right, so what are
4: some of the other answers here? Uh, Century we,
3: three. We got a submission for the O, a couple of submissions for the O. Now that's like a taco place. Yeah, yeah so that's out of the question. Uh, Man, the- they used
4: to give you so many fries there. It's incredible. You'd get a small Amazing. fry. Amazing. And the whole entire tray would be full of fries and grease, just spectacular. Basically, stuff. the small fry the same as the large fry, more or less. Yep. I don't know who. I never saw anybody can order I submit, a large can fry I there. Can I quickly
5: submit a non-funny one that I actually think would work? It, but it would the parking and all that would be a nightmare. Hold it like on the steps of soldiers and sailors, or like in that with that backdrop, Foster Plaza. Somebody actually put that in there? No. No, but Soldiers and Sailors would be a
3: cool backdrop. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, keep going, Donnie. Uh, we got the rooftop at Mario's. <laughs> uh flats how, how, on how about, how about this one for Malsey? a Jim Shorkey dealership? The Tennyson Lodge. I'm not sure what that oh, is. Oh, yeah.
5: Pony knows the, the Tennyson, Tennyson Lodge. Lodge. They do barioke karaoke
4: Nude karaoke, Donnie, <laughs> in Bethel yeah, Park. Topless, bario- topless karaoke. Is it just topless?
3: You know what? I think it is. Where is that? It's in Bethel, I'll have to look into it.
5: Johnny the Barber is one of the people who said that.
4: Hmm. Johnny okay. the Barber needs to get a tattoo with Donnie's face on him. Still dragging his feet on that. And as the resident Ohio State expert, how is he not giving us
3: Fields? Giving takes. us a
4: Fields take. Good point.
3: Well, let's not say that, Let's not say that too loudly. Keep going. Uh, we got a Gateway Clipper submission. Cruise up and down the rivers. With that, uh, we got submissions for the inclines to do something with those. The player like comes down, has to go up out. to has to go up to hug Goodell. Sounds I, like it'd be a very, very long process.
5: I heard uh, our old intern, Josh Yurish said each player has to bring
3: $20 if they're going to get drafted <laughs> to ride the incline up to Goodell. Uh, Dave Damaschek, uh chimed in Shecker Memorial Stadium in Turtle Creek has served as a site for countless wiffle ball games and turkey bowls. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what is what is a local
5: um landmark that locals actually actively dislike at this point. Mm. Cause that's really the thing here. Like is there a is there a local
4: eyesore that we all hate that we could put the draft at? I wish that they could do it down at the point when we had that big inflatable duck, remember him? Oh, yeah. The
5: inflatable duck did crawl into my brain during all this. What if they just have it at
4: Star Lake?
5: Except it's named something else by then. (laughs)
4: The draft has to start at 930 because, like, the commissioner and the players can't even get yeah, there. Yeah, ev- everybody's held time.
3: behind due to traffic. <laughs> they can- Every player's like, man, I thought this was Pittsburgh. They're out, like, in the boonies of Burgettstown.
5: They have it in the uh, they have it in the Mon Wharf parking deck on a, on a rainy day, so the
4: whole thing just floods. How about the Steelers think that this event is going to generate more money for the region than anything ever? That's their sales pitch. So it's a three-day event, maybe a fourth day. The like entire the NFL's here. Fans come in from out of town, too. I actually believe it.
5: I actually I guess buy I could. it. I guess I could buy it. I guess I could buy it. What if they just have it in Gold Lot 1?
3: The gravel lot before it gets taken over by a get-go.
4: Set up a nice stage. The
3: Crown Wait, Apple the gravel guy, lot's done? It's going to be a get-go it's now? It's going to be done,
4: yeah. Is that why they were, like, overcharging people and blocking them in? Because the they mu- were trying to make their money while they could? It must
3: have been. They must have knew that... That it was coming to an end. Can you uh, imagine Crown?
5: Can you imagine Crown Apple guy just going around on? Yeah, what's going to happen
3: to Crown Apple guy now? Oh, I'll you know give him a plans? ring. I, I, I'm buddies with him on Facebook. I'll, That's the end of I'll an era for
5: you guys, man. Well, I mean, I know you the, had moved on from yeah. it because
3: you were ticked off the people who ran
5: it, but like, now it'll officially—you'll just see a, a gas station there,
3: where people can take ponies and vice, and go through the Wet Go car wash. Where, where do we think they'll realistically have it? The point set up something there. I think they'll have it at Acrisure.
5: I don't really know how they could have it at the point, honestly. Like you you always want that big crowd.
4: That yeah, area, that's true. Yeah, there's not enough over there's there. not
5: like a flat-ish plaza type area. Cleveland had an area they could have it. That I think they'll sense. have it at Acrisure the same did. way
4: that Green Base have it at Lambeau. Cuz yeah, where else are they going to have they it? They can't
5: at, have it anywhere
4: else. Right. There's
5: only one structure, Rivers in Casino Sportsbook.
3: The the Rivers Casino ballroom. Mike's beer bar.
4: Just
5: stick us in there on the little
4: on the dais. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. Snow and a low of twenty-four, gross. gross. Rebecca back. Rebecca Black. Now, that also means football season is in the rearview mirror. It was the best
5: of times Rebecca Black's Friday was back. It was the worst of times. No more football.
4: We've got Yamir Yager having his jersey retired uh, Sunday night in Pittsburgh. That's obviously a huge deal. I've got some Yager-related stuff to do in the final hour of the show. We also have open phone Friday for you at 5.30 where you can... Call in and ask us or bring up anything you want at 412 928 9370. But let's start the next conversation with this. This was brought to my attention today. Patrick Peterson, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but is old enough now where he doesn't play like when anymore, is in his 30s, and I think had a pretty. Me- mediocre middling season. season there were moments yeah. where he looked
5: good there were moments where against the 49ers he didn't know where yeah, the football was. had just was.
4: an okay season there were highs and lows I think it it, in the end turned out to be average at best we were all him.
5: excited when they signed him because of the big it's, name it's Pat Peterson and he had a good year in Minnesota yeah. the season before. and
4: then it didn't it was a disappointment so we know he has that podcast with his cousin Brian McFadden who we like the former Steelers Super Bowl champion friend of Acquaintance of the show. They're cousins. Yeah, Brian, B-Mac's a good guy. We text. And I was texting with him about what you're about to hear. And then I will share what he said to me because it's not incriminating in any way. Now, when so, you decide to share this, what he said to you, yep. you got to pass it through him first and go, hey. Yeah, we're okay on this one. Okay. So, sure. this is Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden on their... Steelers podcast or NFL podcast, talking about the Steelers quarterback situation for 2024.
9: Have to understand if you are coming into this situation that Kenny Pickett is the guy. It's going to be a competition. We know that much. We know that much. I agree that it will be a competition. It's going to be a competition. If there's going to, I'm still in the league. I don't want to say nothing. I I shouldn't be. So, if there is a competition. Let the best man win? What you about to say? No, I ain't, I ain't going to say what I want to say, man. Oh, what you want to say? I'll let you say it. You know what I want to say. I don't know what you want to say. You just told me not to assume. That's why I ask questions. Yeah. No, I ain't going to say what I want to say. I ain't going to do it.
4: What the hell is that?
5: I have a theory, but I don't even want to say it because I, well, I do want to say it. Who am I kidding? Is he implying that if there's a competition, he
4: thinks Rudolph or somebody else would win? He started it by saying, though, you need to know if you come in here, Kenny is the guy. Yeah, but then at the end, he said,
5: if there's a competition, like, I guess, here's how I interpreted it. And I might be wrong. I I am already waiting for the guys with Dan Marino in their avatar, Panth H2P 0761453 to come after me. Fine. I'm being mean. The first part I interpret as, like it or not, Kenny's the guy. Like, he is the guy. Understand that if you're coming in here. He's the guy. Not necessarily ringing endorsement, he's the man, but that's what it is. Then when BMAC pushes on, yeah, but there will be competition, we have all speculated about how much actual competition there will be for this job. Mike Tomlin said, won't anoint anybody. But I would say it's fair to say there is a lingering public sentiment that that's lip service, and it's Kenny's job. I take the second part of what Pat Peterson said there to mean. If there is a competition, he, future Hall of Famer, been there, done that, seen a lot of quarterbacks, good and bad, doesn't think Kenny would win against a lot of potential competitors. That is how I took it. What else, Humor me. What else would he be thinking about saying after prefacing it with kenny's the man understand that what else would he then say that would have him going i'm still in the league i might even still be on this team seems like a long shot
4: i can't say it it's going to piss people off let's hear it again cuz this is very awkward tongue biting really For patrick awkward. peterson
9: I have to understand if you are coming into this situation that Kenny Pickett is the guy. It's going to be a competition. We know that much. I, we know that much. I agree that it will be a competition. If it's going to be a competition. If there's going to, I'm still in the league. I don't want to say nothing. I, don't, I shouldn't be. So, if there is a competition, let the best man win. What you about to say? No, nah, I ain't. I ain't gonna say what I want to say, man. Oh, what you want to say? I'll let you say it. You know what I want to say. I don't know what you want to say. You just told me not to assume. That's why I ask questions. Yeah. No, I ain't going to say what I want to say. I ain't going to do it.
4: Donnie, what is this? I think What's it's very your theory? Awkward. <laughs> okay, yes, we've established that. It is awkward in caps lock here. Big what- shout
5: out to BMAC, by the way, as a good interviewer for trying to continue to press and say, no,
3: I don't know what you want to say. Why don't you say but it? But What do you think it means? Well, one, I'm not sure how much Patrick Peterson can comment on what next year's quarterback dilemma will be considering I don't know if he should be on the team. That's why but
4: that's why I think he cut himself off. I think he he said I'm still in the league, like I'm not a retired player yet. I'm still technically on their roster. I can't give my honest opinion. I think yes, I think that's also true. I think the two things we you can definitely uh ascertained from that is number 1 it's awkward as hell and number 2 Peterson doesn't wanna uh upset the Steelers or prospective employers by saying something that's controversial. So those two things we've established as true. Yep. But what what else what what do you think what what is he biting his tongue about? What what does he not want to say out loud? If you don't want to upset You don't the know Ste- you, you, you're at a loss here. It's it sounds like
3: yeah, I mean, I just think it's like an incredibly awkward interaction. Are, and he's, he's a, af- I mean, he's afraid to say, like, he gets into saying, well, it's it's Kenny Pickett's job no matter what. Then it's, uh, there'll be a competition. And then it's... If there's a competition. Yeah.
5: Okay, so we agree he doesn't want to make the Steelers mad, right? What do we know about the Steelers right now, specific to this conversation and this subject, quarterback? We know that they like Kenny still. We know they want to give Kenny a chance to succeed, right? Is there any disagreement here that that is the basic premise like on how they They like him
4: enough where on February 16th, he's still their starting quarterback.
5: Right. Okay.
4: At the very least.
5: We also know that they really are loath to give up on first-round picks relative in terms of quickness relative to other teams. Also correct, fair, they are a more patient franchise. They really want to see a
4: guy fail by and large. And that's what yeah. Wani said yesterday.
5: Yeah, exactly. Shoot. So what am I to assume, other than, and that it was something that was unflattering about like his assessment of Kenny? Zach, our buddy Hoagie said he's basically afraid to say that Kenny isn't good enough and wouldn't win a quarterback battle. That is Hoagie's take on this. Is that yours?
4: That's how I feel it's headed. Dot was. Is that what you think Peterson? That's what I think he's
3: implying. Is, is if.
5: You bring in real competition for him, he will not win the competition if it's fair and on the other, Is that and up. how
3: you read it, Donnie? I could see that. Or, like, they will have a competition, and then no matter what happens, pretty much say that Pickett won the job. See, that's what I think it is. I think that's what it is. I think he's afraid,
4: because he's still technically under contract, to say right now that it's going to be another sham competition, even though he wasn't here for the last one. But I think he has read the tea leaves and thinks they'll bring in air quotes competition and they're just going to hand the job to Kenny. But he knows that that's an incendiary thing to say about the team that is still technically signing his, his provider. Yes.
5: I mean, yeah, I think and, implicit in in what I was hypothesizing is is that part of it, too. But that's not the
4: same thing as saying he thinks he would lose. He doesn't, Fine, That's not I the mean, same yes, thing as saying I, he thinks Kenny would lose okay, the job. Okay. He just doesn't think it's going to be a fair fight for the job with who they bring okay, in. Okay,
5: then I agree with my—I still stand by my point that he thinks if it was fair, he would lose. And then I think you
4: guys are both right then to surmise that he doesn't think it will be legit. So I asked BMAC what he thought of that answer, and he gave me the multiple emojis where the guy's like shoulders with his palms— up in the air, like, shrugging, like, oh, yeah, that guy. one, like, oh, uh, I don't know.
5: What, he didn't hit you back with the uh, the thinking man emoji looking up out, out to the sky? No,
4: another emoji he sent me was when, like, that face emoji has, like, its teeth together. Yes, that one, like, ooh, Yeah, you're making the face right now on our webcam, which is good. That's exactly what it looks like. And then I said back to him, I don't know what to make of it, and he said, me neither.
5: I so, know. I thought we had a smoking gun from BMAC there. No. Just a bunch of emojis and a me neither. It's not, let me put it this way, do we all agree that on one level or another it's not particularly flattering for them as an organization what he's implying or Kenny? Because if you're implying that the organization's going to rig the competition and it won't actually be fair and open, that doesn't look good for them. It by extension and proxy doesn't look good for Kenny Pickett because the the implicit suggestion there is he can't win a fair and open competition against a real like, competitive guy out there. I want to hear it one more time
6: have
9: to understand, if you are coming into this situation that Kenny Pickett is the guy. It's going to be a competition. We know that much. I, I, we know that much. I agree that it will be a competition. It's going to be a competition. If there's going to – I'm still in the league. I don't want to say nothing I, don't, I shouldn't be. So, if there is a competition. Let the best man win? <clears throat> what you about to say? No, nah, I, ain't, I ain't going to say what I want to say, man. Oh, What you want to say? I'll let you say it. You know what I want to say. I don't know what you want to say. You just told me not to assume. That's why I ask questions. Yeah. No, I ain't going to say what I want to say. I ain't going to do
4: it. I'm not going to
5: say what I want to say. How is the – Do you think that BMAC does know what he wants to say and won't tell you well, either?
4: I, that's what – I am I'm, I'm. I guess I'm not close enough with, with Bryant where he would – if if he does know what Peterson was alluding to, he would just flat out I think he knows. come out and tell me.
5: I think he knows, but he wants Pat to say it because it's not his place as a no longer active player to say it on Pat's behalf. And I think he knows, no offense to you, you're very well connected, a lot of sources, a lot of people like to talk to you. I think he knows that if he says it to you, he
4: has to put it on background. So he just went with, don't know either. Donnie, did you know that this exchange happened until right now between these two guys? I, I had seen some people tweet about it. What were they saying about it on Twitter? What was the reaction to, is it the same as ours? Like, oh my God, this is unbelievably awkward.
3: Yeah, basically, like that was the the headline on any of the the tweets that got sent out. Like very awkward interaction with,
4: because I'm, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised that this that this interaction hasn't made bigger news.
5: I think it's so. You know cr- what I mean? I think
4: it's like so cryptic.
5: That it almost—it's also a Friday, out technically outside the season, but I feel like it's so cryptic that you almost there are people who are going to say I just can't get anything out of it. He he stops so far short of even hinting at what he wants to say about a competition that you really have to put on your uh, your kind of stretching gear to get there. But I mean, I sir I. For the record, I'm really trying to project out what I think on this. I, I'm I'm taking multiple leaps here, but I that's the only
4: direction I can point myself in. It's just the guy's really well-spoken. He's got a podcast, mm-hmm. and he's answered questions about the state of the Steelers and what's gone out with them all season without having to, like, censor himself and filter himself. They could have also, by the way, easily edited that part out if they wanted to because it is a taped show. But um, they didn't, so they got a lot of buzz. Good job, Peter's, guys. Well, I, again, I just don't feel like there's a lot of – there's not a ton of buzz with this. It's has it got weird. a lot of buzz with us. It got a lot of buzz gets, with and us. if it gets
5: on our radar, you know what's happening next. Buzz,
4: buzz, buzz. Look, we're talking about just – he could have easily just said, hey, you're right, Brian. Like, they'll bring somebody else in here. They're not just going to hand the job over to Kenny, but like I was saying he before – He does start ahead. I, yes. And that's really like the guy.
5: Nobody would really argue that. He's the first round pick. He hasn't really worked with the new coordinator. Nobody has. He deserves a clean he's gonna get a clean slate.
4: But it almost makes you think that something behind the scenes, like something shady is going on. Or that the perception of guys doors.
5: in that locker room is that that it's going on that way. It uh, does it just does not I think at base level here, it doesn't really reflect well on team or presumptive starter. Maybe not more so on the team than on Kenny in this situation. Like it's not his fault if they want to rig it in his favor. Here's
4: one more from Peterson because he hasn't been cut yet. And he said, I didn't want He didn't want to answer the, he didn't want to give his true feelings on the quarterback thing because he's still technically on the Steelers roster and still in the NFL. So what did he say about his future
9: with the Steelers? The question is, if, if the Steelers want me to finish with, you want to, you want to go at it one more time. No doubt about it. I the ball two- is in their court. court. I signed a two-year deal re- yeah. for a reason. It's not like I'm a free agent. They would have to, you know, cut me. Yeah. But like, I feel good, man. Me and Coach Tomlin had a great conversation after the season. Obviously, I know that you got to go through your evaluations in the draft and the free agency. What I was able to do, you know, in year 13, playing different positions, coming in a new environment, I felt my season was a very success. Playing 97% of my snaps, and ain't many guys that's playing 97% of their snaps, even young guys. You know, I've shown the ability to be durable. I've shown the ability to not only you know, lead by an example, but be accountable. And like I told Ghost Tom at the end of the year, man, uh, when we had our exit meeting, man, I feel great. My mental is in, in the right place. Body is in the right place. I want to give it another shot. What's the plan? And, you know, that's for another story, you know, because I know that I am older. What, how, what, what, what salary cap can be if I am on the roster going forward. How did you enjoy playing safety? And would that be something you would consider if presented to you in a full-time role? I'm open to playing wherever Whenever. Okay, so I
4: take from that they told him basically right now, we can't guarantee you that you're going to be back on the team because we have to see what happens in free agency with the draft. That's my. That's 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 my read on like what the Steelers are telling Peterson. Mm-hmm. I am a tad bit surprised that somebody that's played at a Hall of Fame level has such a positive review of his season. That just happened because of what he said, new system. I showed up and
5: I was out there every, almost every play. I played that was, all the time. I played different there positions. There were times when that was an obvious bad thing for them that he was out on the field. I also think it was at least partly due to how many injuries they had at times.
4: Yeah, I just felt like he would hold himself to a higher standard, that's all, because he is an all-time great. He
5: made a couple of plays. I thought I thought there were times where I felt like you saw old Patrick. Big Hears- interceptions.
4: Hey, well, Green Bay here,
5: game. Here's, how about this for a Malsy turn of phrase? There were times when you saw old Patrick Peterson. Then there were times you just saw old Patrick Peterson. Not bad. Not my best, but better than... I think you know sold it. That's a little undertaker out of you. What do you want me to do, laugh hysterically at it? No, I want you to say, clever work, Malzi.
4: But then you're going to be like, oh, you're just patronizing me by saying it that way.
5: Yeah, it's true. I was just trying to set a trap there. There was no right answer.
4: By the way, better late than never, the Donnie football debrief last hour was brought to you by the farmer's dog. Oh! Fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Yamir Yager is going to get his jersey retired by the Penguins Sunday night. Malsie started the show by saying that that's long overdue. I don't disagree with that. So, I have some names for you guys. Uh, Pittsburgh legends here. And I want you to tell me if on your list of all-time great Pittsburgh athletes, if you would rank Yamir Yager ahead of the athlete's name that I'll give you, okay. So pretty easy. In the show, you said earlier, Chris, where does he rank among the top Penguins of all time? You said third, and where does he rank among top NHL, the top players. NHL players? I think we settle in like at worst top twelve. Yeah, he's like he's definitely a borderline top ten guy. Mm-hmm. But how does he compare to other athletes? I, I basically did post Clemente. I didn't want to go back and do guys like Hannes Wagner and things like that. Am I still allowed to say Cookie was there to cover Hannes? I think so, because
5: he's probably. Is he
4: drunk right now? Or probably is he just getting started. It's Friday at five o'clock.
3: He's definitely working on it. I He's, remember- a, happy hour. he's a retired man now. He's living down in Florida. I, I remember hope, his- I hope that he started hours has ago. Has he
4: eaten dinner yet? Well, early bird special action.
5: He I might have like an appetizer. I think he's grazing most days and just eating what he wants when he wants. I saw Hannes on Railroad Street down in Carnegie. Out right. of
4: life. So, Yager, better career in Pittsburgh than Mario. No. No. Yager, better career in Pittsburgh than Sid. Yet. Okay, I agree with you on those two. Better career in Pittsburgh than Bonds. Yes.
3: Donnie? What did Bonds win? Two or three MVPs? Two MVPs. He got in robbed 91.
5: by Terry Pendleton in 91. He should have gone back to back to back. But he has no titles yeah, to his name. Yeah, I
3: know. that. That's the and the one. And uh, Yager I'll, scored
5: an iconic goal in the 92 Stanley Cup final against, against Bla- Chicago. Uh, Chicago. Mario called it at the time the best goal he had ever seen. I'll say Yager. Yager also during his – well, forget it. I'll let Pony keep playing the exercise here. I don't want to step on it.
4: Terry Bradshaw. No. Better than Yager. Okay. I would agree with that. Donnie? Bradshaw. So we got Bradshaw, I think Sid, you're, and Mario. I think you're so about to
5: name one here that's going to become very divisive. T.J. Watt. Better than T.J. Watt so far. He's better. So far, yeah. He's a better player all time within his sport. He did more, and he's won more titles. Antonio Brown. Better, as much as it pains me to say it. Why does that pain you? Because I, you know, I just like. You like his a- CT
4: ESPN tweets so much that no, you have got a soft spot
5: for AB. No, those are dumb. But I think AB is going to likely get the TO treatment from the Hall of Fame, and I think that's ridiculous. But it, to me, AB is like the second or third greatest wide receiver ever. Yager ain't far off when we're talking NHL forwards from that. Palomalu. <sighs> Man.
3: I think I'm going to go
4: Troy. I think part of the problem I have with putting Yager... I'm going Yager ahead of Troy, so you're gonna have to break the tie here, Chris.
5: Man, I in the last ten seconds I've gone I flip flop back and forth, but you know what?
4: Yager barely. Oh, that one's tough. so Donnie got out outvoted there. It is that tough. All right, I'll play. I'll tug at your heartstrings one more time. Fanico or Yager?
5: Yager. Me too. I thought there was one more you were going to do. In, well, in, we'll get to him. Okay. Oh, I thought I thought when you said tug at your heartstrings, that was the end of it. Okay, I know t- how much
4: you like Fanica, so I'm a tiny bit surprised to hear you. No,
5: I mean, I think is one of the handful of greatest guards ever. But again, we're talking about a player that you and I have been screwing around in the breaks trying to name. Like, we played the is this guy better than Yager game, and there were very few where we both returned the answer of, oh
4: yeah, he's better than Yager. But to me, it's not just better. Well, it's, be- it's more about what, like... Yager played 11 years here. Yeah, it's about their their contributions to Pittsburgh 11 sports. Years, That's why I put Bonds behind him.
5: 11 years, two Stanley Cups, five Art Rosses here, four in a row, only one MVP, but in a stretch of years, he went second, first, second, and third for the biggest honor in hockey. Okay, Stargell.
3: Man.
4: I think Stargell. Ahead? Yeah,
3: Donnie. I'll go with Willie.
4: Me too. That's a clean sweep.
3: Do you that's you want to know what, four
4: guys so far? Do you want Blatchel, to know why sit in Mario? Do you
5: want to know why I put Willie ahead too? Not just they matched in titles, and he was a great power hitter. Think of like what Willie meant as like a, a leader. And late in his career, the kind of performance he turned in and set—I mean, 79s epic from him. The Starjill stars, all that stuff goes into the Willie
4: mystique. Chicken on the hill. Donnie McCutcheon. He, oh, Yawker. This is an easy, yeah. Double J. Even though he ended the 20 years I'm, of futility. I know, I know yeah, I've talked did. about and, that. And he
3: and he won an MVP, and I mean he certainly brought a whole whole generation of fans back into baseball. Got quick
4: nose from you guys
5: on him. No, I I'm thought sorry. there might be a robust Listen, debate no. there. I understand that McCutcheon, even though they've, they never won a playoff series with him and still haven't, I know he's still on the roster, obviously, I know that that is a different and special kind of thing, what he brought back here. But Yager brought the hardware, man. Donnie, Marc-Andre
4: Fleury. Yager. We know Malzi's felt, so I'll just start crossing him off already.
3: Yeah. Double J. Still better. Donnie, you can start this one, too. Jack Lambert. <laughs> I'm going to say Lambert. My dad would be very disappointed in me. Because I, I he don't... felt Lambert was overrated and Ham was better? <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually does say that, but Lambert was his favorite. Oh, oh. I gotcha. But he, he does say that Ham was the better player Malsey, Lambert by a
5: whisker Clean sweep I was going to say yes to Lambert too Because I think Yager individually is a better hockey player Than Lambert was a football player relative to his peers But Lambert was a part of four title winners Rod
4: Woodson Oh boy I'm going no not
5: better than Yager? I'm yep. going to say Yager. I'm I'm saying Yager, honest to God, man, for one reason. Two championships. Because I think Rod Woodson's one of the five greatest cornerbacks ever.
4: Uh, we all think Joe Green's an automatic yes. Automatic yes, yes no okay. debate. Awesome. Uh How about Mel Blunt? Oh, boy. This Yager or Blunt. One. Wait, what did you answer for Woodson? I went no. I went Yager ahead of you. Ahead of uh, Rod Woodson,
5: mm, I think I have to go Blunt here. Titles. I'm going Yager.
3: Do we also count Blunt's impact on the game itself? I had to change the rules. Donnie, that's for you to decide, my friend. Well, I'm going to say Blunt. Okay, I'm saying Blunt, but
5: it's not like a, I don't feel great about it. Like I you made guys a slam dunk there. pick. Latang. No Yager. Not even Yager. close. Best defenseman in team history. No Double J. Come on, one of the penguins ever been identified with defense, even for offensive defense? Mike Webster. Yager.
3: That's maybe the best center in NFL history. Ah. And you
5: just put Mel Blunt in over Yager. Who was a better stealer, Blunt or Webster?
3: I think to- Webster. I think Webster. I'm going to take Webster.
5: Do you want to know what's kind of a problem for me with this though? Webster's the primary starter at center on two Super Bowl teams. Mansfield was the guy for the first time. I'm two. going
4: against Webster. So Donnie gets outvoted there. <laughs> Franco. I'm
5: <sighs> I'm putting Franco, Franco, yes. Franco Franco retired. He was the all time leading rusher. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't Jim Jim the all time. I'm sorry. He was very he was the second all time leading rusher, was he not? Yes.
4: I'm going yes on Franco. Donald?
5: Franco, I'll go Franco. Clean
3: sweep.
4: Jack Ham. If I
5: said
3: Lambert, I gotta say Ham.
5: Here's the problem. Like part of I think why people would say Lambert is is the Lambert attitude and everything else that comes with Lambert, but Ham's the better player. So it, you know what this one's like? Well, no, no, that's not perfect because Yager's better than Ronnie Francis. But do you know where I'm like I'm talking. I'm coming from here. Francis was just this unbelievable hockey player. Granted, he didn't play his whole career here. But because he played the game in sort of an understated way, he doesn't get the attention for being as great as he was.
3: I got
4: you. I get it. Get is Ron Francis a better player than Mark Messier? Off the top of my head, no. But I'd listen to a debate. I'd listen to a debate for. I think he, oh boy, I think he probably is.
5: I'm just looking it up. They're very close in point totals. I think he's
4: better. I actually think he is. All right, so you're going with. Are you going with Ham or not? You've... No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Yager. Okay, me too. All right, we got one more. Oh, we got two more. So we have put one, two, three. F- we put eight guys in over Yager: okay. Bradshaw, Sid, Mario, Lambert, Stargell, Green, Blunt, and Franco. Ben, Yager. I'm going Ben.
5: I'll say Yager for this reason. It's the
4: quarterback of two Super Bowl winning same teams. No-
5: same number of Super Bowls. First ba- ballot in, Hall of Famer. Cups. Same. Who was better at their sport? Who's better in their, in their time? There was a five-year run, probably, where Yarmir Yager was the best, best hockey player on hockey. earth. He also won two titles and was an instrumental part. Well, by I think that it's logic, Yager. Why
4: the hell did you vote Lambert over uh, Yager? At no point was Lambert considered that much Twice better as than many his peers. titles.
5: Twice as many titles. It matters. If Ben had three Super Bowls, much tougher for me, but I think Yager's a better and more iconic player for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ultimately, no way he's more iconic, not, not more to the iconic, Penguins, but better. I put him above Ben, though.
4: Oh, Chris, so predictable. I mean, you put Stargell over Yager, too. And like, he, yeah, Stargill is a Hall of Famer, but barely. He's not considered one of the greatest players of all time. I'm aware. And so, Stargell got in with only one title well, two actually, two he was on 71. the 71
5: team. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have put him in if he only had one
4: title, Donnie. Titles matter.
5: And more. what matters more in this is Yager was the undisputed on, best Donnie. player in hockey for five years at Put least. the old cowboy. Ben has never been the undisputed best quarterback Don't in the league. Don't let brainwash you here. I'm
3: taking Ben. Thank
5: you. Yep. Only one brave truth teller on this show.
4: All right, last one. And I'm going to vote yes here off the bat. And Joe probably, Vitale. No, probably lose to both you guys. Malkin. It's 18 years to 11. He scored more goals than his Penguins. He's got more Penguins goals than Yager. He's got more Penguins points than Yager. He's got an MVP just like Yager. So in the Pantheon, like if I'm just eliminating who they played for, who's a better hockey player all time? It's Yager over Malkin for sure. But as far as like their contributions to the Pens, it's three cups for Malkin to two for Yager, and his numbers are better, and he's got the same number of MVPs.
3: It's Yager for me. I don't really have I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna side with Gino. Thank you. But it, it, it's very difficult because we've taken what did they do in Pittsburgh, which I know that Yager was at his best. And for a few of these guys, the argument became well, this guy's the one of the top five hockey players to ever play. This guy wasn't that in his sport.
4: Well, that's what Mulsey was trying to do with the argument. But then, again, Mul- but then again, Mulsey voted against Bonds.
5: Yager's uh, 11 years with the Penguins. Um, he averaged 1.34 points per game. Yes,
4: he's better on average That's better, year than ultimately, than Malkin. No doubt. But it's it's almost double the number of years here. It's a pretty close race for me, but Yager wins it. All right. You want to weigh in on any of this, you can. We can talk anything you want next. It's open phone Friday. Use it. Take advantage. We're back in two minutes on it. That's 412-928-9370. Any topic is on the table, sports or otherwise. 412-928-9370. Donnie has a headline, and we're right back.
3: Pitt welcomes Louisville tomorrow at 6.30. You can listen to the game right here on the fan. Coverage starts at 6, and you can also hear it on your Odyssey app. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 937thefan.com. Malzy.
5: Thank you, Donnie. It's chilly outside. It's uh, very cold, actually, and it's windy, too. Uh, And so if you've been cold not only outside but in your own home, you got wind whipping through, it's drafty, the heater's working overtime, all that stuff, don't wait another second. Don't suffer. That way, another second. Call my guys at Universal Windows Direct. They'll get those Windows systems out there with the super spacer technology that the edge of the glass is going to be warmer, the seal's going to hold longer, and it's going to last other than, uh, five times longer Excuse me, than other Windows systems. Your Windows from Universal, they're going to perform better. They're going to last longer. They're also going to get backed up by a true lifetime warranty for as long as you own your home and 30 years to the next homeowner. You've got to do this right now to fix an Whatever
4: he was gonna say, I think there's no way they make that. Track. No, I don't think. I'm very concerned about.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: It's